Welcome back, watchers. This is tonight's watch with Mark, Luke, and Tony, and special guest star Jamie Bennington. What's up, Jamie? Hi, it's me. It's Jamie. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. Every week, one of us chooses a movie, and this week we have special guest star Jamie, who chose the 2000 film Gone in 60 Seconds, and he Yay. will give a spoiler filled synopsis you guys won't care about spoilers in this movie no you you don't have to watch it we will all give our ratings for the movie and then go into the analysis of the film thank you for watching with us and if you enjoy this episode consider subscribing rating and reviewing and jamie you could start with your synopsis okay so i was gonna do the announcer voice from like the old movies you know the guy who's like this is the movie but it hurts i can't do it so i'm just gonna read it um, <clears throat> from the minds that brought you our greatest national treasure, the national treasures, to Luke's warm Pirates of the Caribbean, the Kickstarter film Armageddon, and hey Tony, do you remember the Titans? Comes the most charming case of false advertising in box office history. The fast acting, stain-inducing, action classic masterpiece, Gone in 60 Seconds, starring the Nicolas Cage, the sorely underrated comic mastermind Giovanni Ribisi, and the only Tomb Raider I care about, Angelina Jolie. Gone in 60 Seconds follows Memphis Randall Raines as he attempts to save the life of his idiot kid brother from an evil car salesman in an action adventure that very well may be entirely ad-libbed is filled to the brim with comedy that's not racist it was just different back then and is musically supported by a score designed to remind you that your ears don't really matter and that the early 2000s really did happen this is i'm still very mad that they canceled my name as earl Thank you. You understand. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss immediately. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's hear your rating for this amazing movie, Jamie. Uh, Well, I didn't think I would like it a second time, but I love it on the second viewing. (laughs) And I'm actually watching it with no sound right now. (laughs) As you should. That's what Tony does. (laughs) And it's the most fun I've had in a long time. So I'm probably going to give it like probably 13 out of 14 Eleanors. 13 out of 14 Ooh, Eleanors. Okay, okay. okay. I'll convert that whenever we do our combined to 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke, uh, let's hear your rating for this film. Sadly, I did not love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very uh, reasonable take. <laughs> I did not rate it out of Eleanors. So no need to <laughs> have a conversion rate on this. I gave it a 1.7 oh. out of 10. <laughs> Tony? I will say I liked this movie a lot more than Luke did. Because I give it two bricks out of 10 that are used to steal cars. This movie (laughs) is not only an old movie that is very dated in its choice of jokes, but a lot of the jokes 
don't really work. And it's very a 2000 movie. And it's very Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I would feel bad rating this higher than I did Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, that's Hobbs that's and right. Shaw was much better than this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> good pick, good pick. Alright, I... This movie is pretty racist. 2.9 out of 10. <laughs> the only, that's the only <laughs> thing I have to say. The Nicholas it's very racist. It's extremely <laughs> dated, but also was pretty racist back then. I too. feel like it's pretty racist for back, back then. then. Yeah, <laughs> it was hard to get through, and I, I was toying with like a three point one, three point two, <laughs> but I not in good conscience could I put this over a three, so a two point nine but out of ten. You did like this more than Hobbs and Shaw. You did. I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seventeen minutes shorter. <laughs> I did not like it. More than B movie though, so that's what's important uh, here. Respects. <laughs> gone in sixty seconds should have been gone in sixty minutes. Am I right? Because I can stand one, watching this movie ones. for two hours. <laughs> this movie, I think, is only like a little over ninety minutes, and it feels like four <laughs> hours. <laughs> I think it's two hours, isn't it? Like it's I like think, an hour. For I think it's close to two hours. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Because I was forty-five minutes in, I still had an hour and twenty left, and I was mad. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it took me like six times sitting down to actually get through this. I had to keep I getting up and doing other things. Problem with it is there's a lot of scenes that don't add to the main story at all, and like no. are solved right away. I'm and then sorry. there's a lot of like panning, slow panning cuts and shots towards like some unimportant thing. You didn't think giving the dogs laxatives was important because he ate the keys. <laughs> that's, that's just a wait, wait, guys. I, point that makes I no put sense. aside two quotes that were my favorite quotes in this entire movie, and I and I, I don't know when to share them. So can, should I do? You it can now? go ahead now. This one. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so the first one is: you would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. You would be a connoisseur. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. my yes. oh my Beautiful. goodness. <laughs> the second one is, Otto, man, I think your dog ate the keys. Ah, really? He usually goes for the license plates. Are you sure? <laughs> so good. <laughs> I want to know who was in charge of writing this movie. Because <laughs> it, it feels like Nicolas Cage wrote it himself. And the entire time he was dying, he's like, oh, man, this is hilarious. They're going to love it. Oh, there's um, there's two things like I wish they almost went more Nicolas Cage with it. Yeah. But there was two that were <laughs> that really got me. Uh one of them was they said something about stealing like the 49 47 of the cars and he's just like, "Yes," out of nowhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It was I have good. that it I have good. that written down. I and what it. does he say when he picks up his jacket? Because I like that. Bad man. Yeah. <laughs> but one of my favorite things in the movie is at the end when he's he's walking through the junkyard and he's about to be killed and he looks up and he goes unicorn <laughs> <And that's laughs> <it>. unicorn <laughs> honestly from the moment he is introduced to the very end of the movie it's full-on nicholas cage and there's not an ounce of anything else in him. there's also a line i'm, I'm not sure where it is but he was like you're gonna sit out there i eat and the way oh, he sounds terrible. Yeah. Oh, that was, gosh. Yeah, that, that, that was incredibly God. racist. I have incredibly. That, I have that <laughs> written down. I have that written down, and we'll get to it when we go through that part <laughs> of the movie. So horrible. But let's start at the 
even the title screen, even the DVD <laughs> yeah, title screen, the menu. when you get to oh, the menu, <laughs> yeah, Jamie, you didn't see this. I didn't get to see this because I, I watched it on Amazon Prime twice. <laughs> I, it's like needs an epileptic warning. It's just like constant flashing of like cars and oh, this action movie, blah blah. And there's like this yellow filter on the entire thing, and it doesn't stop. It's like and twenty it just seconds keeps forever. It just yeah. keeps cutting, and it goes on forever. Before and you, you press start. Play. You start the movie, and then it's the same thing. It's like the same like fast action-paced cutting that hurts your eyes. And then we get into like the opening credits, where they're just whoa, pan whoa, 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 whoa. over. Real quick, there there was one thing I liked where the production studio had a road in it, and it turned into a road that the car was racing on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That was one thing I yeah. liked. <laughs> it was stupid, but I liked it. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but... This felt like a music video to me, and it it was like like the whole movie was just one long like like self indulgent music Racist. video stylistic music video that just played on all of the tropes and races. that you're not supposed to play on. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> and back to Tony, like when we we're talking, like yeah. the, the intro, the movie doesn't start till three minutes and twenty two seconds in. It's so long. Yeah. I had to put on... Tony, did you watch this whole movie on 1.5 speed? No, I didn't. Okay. I watched I... this at one speed, and then when you get to certain shots <laughs> that take way too long, I was like 1.5 speed. Until it started like talking oh. again. This intro oh. was 1.5 speed for me. Did Tony fall asleep during this movie? Ooh. I didn't. I did not fall asleep. Wow. Hey, you are improving. <laughs> he, he was too high strung. He was too like stressed out. <laughs> I will say um, that opening credit scene probably lasts, what, two minutes or something? And it's like supposed to be some exposition for like the characters. And it's like, oh, look, these two are brothers and they're working on cars and stuff. And they're really into cars. But it's all like super dark, weird filters, so you don't really get any of that <laughs> at all. We also kind of get that with one picture of them by a car working on it together, and then they <laughs> yes. show ten of them. <laughs> but also, that doesn't mean anything. Like, just because they're working on cars together does not mean they're brothers, and it doesn't mean that they have any kind of bond we have to <laughs> no. worry about. It could mean that he's dead. It could mean anything. And I never even noticed either time i was watching the opening credit sequence that's what i was being shown yeah yes. <laughs> i kind of zoned out right at the beginning <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. and it's like movies have to have two credits so that's why a lot of movies now just both put both credits at the end yeah or like the first set of credits is like they'll draw something during it and it'll be like some animated thing and then they'll roll the credits and then it's boom end credit scenes and then they roll like the super end credits where it's just a black screen with white text and then they might have another end credit scene after that but like a lot of movies have like these opening credit scenes like these a lot of older movies but it just doesn't work out and it doesn't help in any way that they're trying to like deliver some kind of story through it it makes you bored before the movie even starts very i true. mean that's not a tool that's a damn brick <laughs> So, I like that part. I think That's this is where the car transition comes in. There's like yeah. a transition okay. after this like whole opening credit scenes to like them driving on the road. Or a uh, transition from them looking at like a Porsche and then it's like there into the car dealership. I had car transition as one of my positives. And there's not many positives. <laughs> <in this movie. laughs> but hey. he sees the car 
and he's like, wow, I need to steal this for like one of the cars I need. And then he says, I need to get a tool out of the back. And they're just parked in the street. He takes a brick from his (laughs) truck and he breaks like this glass door and he goes in and steals the Porsche and then drives through a glass window when he could have just broken the glass window in the first place. But that wouldn't look cool. It wouldn't look cool, Tony. Also, <laughs> also, if if he if that happened, Tony, if it was if it were logical, which I I mean, how could you even bring that up? Uh, <laughs> if it were logical, <laughs> the guy would also shut the frick up for the entire oh thing. The entire time, he's just saying, I, and I I don't like saying this because it sounds racist, but honestly, it is racist. It is. Uh, very racist, he's yeah. just saying black things. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's it. That's problem. all he's doing. It's, it's just really a black bad. side With... character saying the basic black side character things. And it's yeah. all at once, like, constantly. He doesn't take <laughs> like, out his glasses his entire character, until the end of His the entire yeah. character is just stereotypical. And don't even get me into Johnny B once we get into that. <laughs> God. Hey, but one, I one do... pro. One pro real quick. I have one pro from this, too. I have one pro from this, too. It's the actor who plays Kip, Giovanni Ravioli. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, I really like him in basically everything. I mean, like, I don't think he was amazing in this, but, like, he was by far the best, so. He's in Avatar. He's in Avatar. He's in... My name is Earl. My name is Earl. That's what Jamie likes. Uh, He's in Ted and Ted 2. He's in in Sneaky Ryan. Right? He has his own show. A million to die in the... A million ways to die in the West. He's yep. good in a lot of other things, but I don't know what he's doing in this movie. I guess he's got to start somewhere. <laughs> it was two thousand. It was two thousand. It was before sure. Earl came out, so he had to. Yeah, he was. I big. will <laughs> say I like the line that Jamie said before: "Is that ain't a tool? That's a brick." I thought that was actually funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh god! But I think the problem the problem with Kip right now, Giovanni Ribisi, Ravioli. I think the problem with him in this movie is like through this opening scenes and throughout multiple scenes later, I'm kind of like, this isn't worth it to save this asshole. Like, I don't like this guy at all. Dude, he's stupid. He's never, not in the entire film does he do one smart thing. There's even a scene we'll get to later where he introduces his crew. And they're all like, they're all like, (laughs) yeah, like, but we're here though. So you have to use us. Yeah, he sucks, so it's like, how how can you relate to him and want this plan to work out when it's just like, eh, just kill him and it'd be over. Don't yeah. care. <laughs> it's and literally then, his fault anyways. And then the hero of it is Nicolas Cage, who sucks <laughs> worse just from his acting alone. Like, not his character, but acting alone. On. Also, Robert Duvall is in this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so funny. weird. <laughs> I only know him from kicking and screaming, Luke, am I right? Oh, you don't wow. find it weird that flashback. Angelina Jolie is in this movie? Is she? Is she in <laughs> I wouldn't <it>? know. <laughs> Wait, guys, real yeah. quick, before we go too far, I do want to bring up the four awards that this film did win. And I think oh. you will find it very interesting. Oh, no. Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so it's, let's see here. I, I sent it to you, Mark. So let, let me let me pull this baby up real quick. Oh, my God, I keep swiping out. Hold on. <laughs> Swiped out three times. Uh, sweaty hands. Okay, so <laughs> I know the... something about that. That's Luke okay. knows all about it. <laughs> oh my god, how many pictures do I send you, Mark? <laughs> so many. Okay, all right, all right. It it, it won the Stinker Award for <laughs> worst worst screenplay for a film grossing more than one hundred million dollars using Why Hollywood math. That's a travesty. <laughs> 
<laughs> it won a, another stinker for most intrusive musical score by most Trevor Rabin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and another stinker. It was just a nominee, but it was worst on screen hairstyle, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> I will say they did her dirty in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> they also did her so they, dirty. It didn't help that they dyed her eyebrows blonde, too. Yes, it, it was, <laughs> she was also barely in it. She had no motivation other than to be the like stereo, like like the typical, like tropey side love interest. That's the only thing. Yeah. She Very did. tropey love interest where like, oh, he left me and now he's back and he's coming into my life again. Things changed, you know, love interest. Oh, but I love you again. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, guys, let's not forget her name is literally Sway, as in. Can be swayed by everything. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're right. I had so much trouble writing down everyone's names. I know, like Timothy Olenfant, I just wrote down oh, his yeah. name because I didn't know his real name in it. Oh, he wasn't was good. Tr- in this oh, one no, no, either. he was. He was, he was so embarrassing. Uh, his name was Detective Drykoff. I'm like, that's Dry-Koff. a horrible name, <laughs> Drykoff. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to when he like stole the Porsche, right? Yeah. Um, mm, yes. <laughs> it, and it like cuts to them like, str- and they want a street race, but by like a police officer, right? Yeah. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> I was re- looking at that synopsis on IMDb, and it said the next night they start racing someone else. Did you guys pick up at all that that was a the different night? night? That is exactly the same night. <laughs> that, that is not what IMDb says. <laughs> well, IMDb has it wrong. Whoever's writing synopsis I over was there so needs to get confused. replaced. <laughs> I will say that that scene when they're racing, it's really funny because there's a lot of scenes shot in this movie where, like, you're looking at the cars driving, and it's very easy to tell that they're only going, like, 20 miles per hour. But then they, like, they have to cut to, like, inside the car, and they're, like, making it look super fast and stuff. But then, like, it cuts out of the car, and they're just driving really slowly. I'm sorry. How could Nick Cage jump all of those cars on the bridge if he was only Ooh, going wait, 20 wait, miles Wait, wait, guys, 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 we're, we're, <laughs> uh, is, we're out of sync here. end in the movie. That is that, that is – how dare you? That's a crime you just committed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> So, so one of my favorite things is that when we cut away from the Porsche chase, like when they blatantly get the attention of the cops for the sake of just like a pissing contest, like to see who's cooler, um, mm-hmm. they literally drag the cops back to the lair. And yes. when we cut to the lair, there's a guy just describing how he like does like kinky masturbation. I didn't that catch was... that at all. Was I sleeping? Whoa, whoa. Yeah. I Did was you sleeping get that? as well. I was yeah, sleeping the, as The well. stranger. It's called Yeah, it's the called stranger, the stranger. Where he, he like... <laughs> Sits on his hand until it goes numb, and then he. Oh, rubs he one did. Out. Oh, yeah, okay. that's okay. I okay. forgot. I blocked that out of my memory. Apparently, it's <laughs> horrible. God, that's how we start the movie. Oh yeah, that's right. The filled character. Also, that joke has been told like a million times. I guess it's two thousand, so maybe it's new, but I'd highly doubt it. And it's well, it's. Like... Oh. <laughs> it's like a uh, it's like a, uh, a, a like a precursor to the hyper sexualization of literally every single Ooh, element of the true. movie. Very so true. like he's, he's just like really... even to they, him with his car. I mean, just yeah. think about the scene where Angelina Jolie and Nick Cage are getting it on, right? Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Well, he's literally just naming car parts. Really we'll get weird. there. We'll get there. But like the movie's so like overtly sexual from the get go. Like it's... it's really trying to drag in like teenage boys into the yeah. audience of it. <laughs> In, in, like, a worse way than, like, Fast and Furious, 
Where it's oh, like, in a much worse way. Much worse. Yeah, that's, it's, it's horrible. That's something I wanted to mention, too, is we I don't think we would have Fast and Furious if it wasn't for this movie. Like, they have the exact same dinner scene at the end, and this was the year before Fast and Furious. <laughs> like, I feel mm. like Fast and Furious was just taking off of this, and then they can't. They couldn't. Eat they at, couldn't. They could think not. about it, Tony. Think about no, it. They use the same end scene where they're all eating dinner together. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, like, kind of tropey already. I don't yeah, think Fast guess, and Furious invented anything when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you guys know that this was a remake of... A I did. I was going to bring that yes. up. I was just thinking about that. I And it has the same rating on IMDb, so it's probably well, just as bad. So let's let's look real quick before What's we go lower? on to the next thing, what what this remake actually is. Or, or what the original film actually is. It's called Gone in 60... Seconds. It's an that's, hour forty-five. That's the same, that's it's the, the same, same title. title. But here's the IMDb plot: <laughs> When a South American drug lord pays Pace to steal forty-eight cars for him, not fifty, all but one is in the bag. Thereby, the police precipitate in a just desperate car chase against Pace and his Eleanor across Southern California. It's the worst plot, like just the worst paragraph I've ever read. But it's also <laughs> The plot to the movie, but like instead of fifty cars, it's forty eight. That's it. That's all yeah, it they is. They had to one up the original. Two up. One up. Two up. Two up. I was also I was also confused by the amount of cars in this movie because they said okay. fifty, but then like when they first brought the Porsche back and there's like the black light. They were like 13 down, 37 to go. So they were already hired to do 50. So were they yeah. just getting the other 37, or did he hire them to get 50 other cars? I think um, he hired them to get – well, no. He hired them to get 50. They got yeah. 13, but those 13 got impounded, so they're starting from zero again. Okay. I was kind of confused by that because I didn't feel like they explained that super well. I mean, well, they steal three of the Mercedes back. The three of the impounded cars back from the impound. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so – Let's talk about Raymond Kalitri. We're meeting the big bad guy, right? <laughs> and everybody in the movie is like, yes, this guy sucks. <laughs> and then they get there and it's Nick Cage and they're having like like a testosterone match where <laughs> he's like, he's like, well, I don't see the problem. And then Kalitri is just like, well, furniture is is children and do i look like an asshole and then nick cage is I like i have the quote right yes. here oh perfect perfect he says am i an asshole do i look like an asshole and then nicholas cage throughout the entire movie this is just how he delivers it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he always delivers things in like such a monotone way where it seems like he's not even talking to another human being like there's another actor there with him and they're talking to him and then he just delivers the line as if he's talking to a wall yeah. Yes. The, it's great. The act, I read that the actor who played Kalitri too has publicly said that his performance is ass in this movie because he knew it was going to be an ass movie, so he didn't even try. Because apparent, apparently, that people on the happy. street will be like, "You were gone in sixty. You were from. You're from Gone in sixty seconds. You sucked in that movie." And he's like, "I know. That's apparently what he said." So, <laughs> he apparently knew during filming how fucking horrible it's probably once they hired will, nick cage honestly i will say he does say a line that's just kind of thrown in here to be like oh he hates america and he like overtly <laughs> says he hates america <laughs> later on but it's 
baseball is boring. And you know what I wrote in my notes? I said, he got that right. It made him a sympathetic character to you, Tony. Sym- sympathetic <laughs> to Tony. He also, <laughs> he has my... That. Oh, go ahead. And then he just later straights on says, I hate this country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he delivers my favorite line, but that's at the end, so I won't get to it yet. So, so I realize that we haven't actually stuck to the plot. So I'll just oh, recap. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll just recap what happened. Memphis Reigns left professional car thievery because he grew a big heart and decided it wasn't for the money; it was for the cars. And since people were dying, and since he was making a lot of bad decisions, he quit the game. While he was ahead. And then he ruined his relationship with his brother by apparently never speaking to him again. And then, (laughs) right, exactly. And then his brother becomes a delinquent who (laughs) just makes all the dumbest decisions because he's so bereft at the fact that his brother just suddenly vanished from his life and goes and steals this Porsche, gets himself into a bad deal with uh, this Kalitri boy, and then fails. <laughs> he fails miserably. He doesn't even yeah, he doesn't even like mess it up. He loses 13 cars to the police. And then and then he's captured. He's put in a car crusher and then his brother is dragged out of retirement to save him and he has the balls to tell his brother that he thinks he's only doing it so he could steal the money. <laughs> And by the way, the deal is the deal is get me fifty cars in four days, and I'll pay you two hundred thousand dollars. And I will kill you. Two hundred thousand dollars is not a lot of money in the first place to be stealing fifty cars, like fifty top end, high end, expensive cars. Like you would just make more money selling those cars, but like beyond that. They're going to have to split $200,000 like 10 ways later on. <laughs> I don't even know why they introduced money because he could have just said do it for Kip's life. And it's well, that simple. well and, then, and then on top of that, Kalitri's like, well, the reason this is such a big deal is because I promised I would give cars. And if I don't give cars, then the person I'm selling to will never come back. So it's it's embarrassing for him or something. Yeah, he's like he's like, am, am I? That would make me an asshole. Do I look like an asshole? Yeah. And then and then That's Nick Cage is like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, yes, you do. And then he decides to take it because De, uh, Kalitri takes him out to the car crusher where Nick Cage engages in hand in fisticuffs with <laughs> dudes with guns loses and then watches his brother be crushed to death almost you know what and then I he's like, about this scene go ahead yeah is yeah. kip is in the car and it's getting crushed and he like looks out the window and he's like who's that and then nicholas cage is like memphis and then he says oh shit like but like <laughs> yeah. it's supposed to be like oh shit my big brother's here to save me but he says it in a way like oh shit nicholas cage is in this movie <laughs> he's like oh shit it's nick cage <laughs> this is also just the most insane junkyard i've ever seen there's there's like, got like you know, fire shooting out of yeah they're like welding like... everything all the time sparks, <laughs> sparks, sparks are flying all the time <laughs> Anytime they show this construction site, sparks are always flying. Something's always dangerous. Right above on. their heads, too. <laughs> this is yeah, also no. where a part. Also, he. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Tony. 
this is also a part I like where Nicolas Cage is a really zero to a hundred kind of actor because I don't yeah, know he's he like bad at acting or something, but he's like <laughs> mostly monotone. And then when he gets into a scene, he just goes like super top of the line. So like their car crusher is like coming down a kip, and then he's like, shut it down. He also took way too long to decide to save his brother and do the job. Like, wouldn't you just be like, yeah, do it. But like he waited so long after kip was in the middle of getting crushed, essentially, for him to actually decide to take the job. Well, the, the the character that Nick Cage plays, Memphis Randall Reigns, is <laughs> so – he just Randall. literally doesn't give a – like he's sitting there the whole time like this is a burden. Like that, that's – his character tell, is like – But I can't tell from so- his acting if it's a burden or if he actually wants to come back because later in the movie he's like, oh man, this is better than sex or whatever. But then like <laughs> – so does he want to do this or does he hate it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know either because it seems like he kind of revels in it at the end, but in the in this part of the film, he's like, "Oh my god, my brother's such it's like, an idiot!" It's like but he idiot. doesn't even like yeah. take accountability for the fact that like he left his brother in a life of crime that he helped get his brother into. Right, right, right. And then was like, "You're such an idiot. You made bad choices." And it's like, dude, where did? You, but like, what? What about your separation from car thievery? made you not talk or look at your brother ever again. <laughs> also, if he did all those jobs, wouldn't he be rich enough to not work at the race, the little, like, go-kart place? No, but he loves it, because he likes working he with kids, it. which is, like, why his brother's so upset, right? He's like, oh, my, my big brother left me, but he went to go teach kids how to race go-karts in, like, Wyoming. Well, then why didn't did he just biggest... help raise his little brother then? I <laughs> don't the know. Biggest <laughs> asshole to those kids, too, though. <laughs> He's the biggest asshole. There's this little kid on a go-kart, and he, like... Gets flipped around and he's faced the wrong way, and then he walks up to this like four year old kid and he goes, "I don't think like he's like that's not driving. I don't think you know what driving is or like something like that." No, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, that's not driving. Shave a second off your lap, and he like flips him around, and and then and then Atley comes up and he's like, he's like Atley, you know I quit, right? And he's like, why are you here? And then Atley's like. Geez, what do you what do you pay your pit stop crew with? Gummy bears? Gummy bears and Oreos? Yeah. <laughs> and Oreos? <laughs> I will say this was gonna be in my nitpicks. Yeah. But since we're on the scene anyways. Yeah. Atlee says that uh they're gonna go they're gonna come for Kip like stains on a mattress. What Ew. does that even mean? <laughs> I don't even know what that I've heard that this time and I still don't know what that means. <laughs> Stains on a mattress. <laughs> I imagine he's alluding to some hypersexualized graphic. Oh, he has to. Yeah, coming stains on mattresses. But I don't <laughs> which, know how which that is, even makes sense. Which is why my description of the film, my synopsis, includes stain-inducing. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. yeah. Good. <laughs> Can we talk about when Kip was? offended that memphis hated the food that he spilled the entire salt thing in yeah shouldn't he know it's gonna taste like shit no okay so, so so this led to the best scene in the movie which is where they oh, go God. back to kip's home which is a dumpster fire <laughs> so apparently literally. because you're a criminal you can't you literally can't clean your house or even pick up every once in a while and 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 memphis goes hey what are you cooking and he goes I don't know. 
and then he puts the food in front of him, and he goes, wow, what's in this? And he goes, I don't know. And then he takes a bite, and he chokes, and he goes, this is delicious. I love Nicholas Cage's gagging during that scene. It was so hilarious. And then he's going overboard with it. But then Rabisi goes over to the corner. Sorry. Yep. Goes over to the corner, and he's like, he's like, I have all this i have everything under control and then all, like fire. almost like comically <laughs> the fire in the pan just lights up and he just stands there and he goes oh uh uh and then he grab <laughs> nick cage gets up grabs a box of like baking powder and just dumps it in like it's like of course of course he's the big brother he's yeah, doing all of this this is how they this is fire they're also this is how they're deciding to show he's more mature and older and smarter than his younger brother is baking soda and that's it Yes, and that's like <laughs> supposed to be like the metaphor of him not having everything under control, and it literally happens right after he says it. Like that's yeah. like this movie's <laughs> version of a joke. <laughs> no, well, so so here's my theory, right? And this is why I said it was the biggest um, and most charming false advertising that you could ever run across because it has Angelina Jolie, Gianna Ribisi, uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Will Patton, Robert Duvall, yeah. fucking Ange- uh, uh, or Nick Cage. I already said Angelina Jolie, didn't I? Um, <laughs> I said something. Anyways, if I didn't, I said all those names, which would imply this movie is going to be really dope. Well, well, it it's not. And all of these people <laughs> do dumb things, and the people you expect to be out front are not out front. And I realized suddenly, Jerry Bruckheimer is the biggest dork in the world he he jerry Bruckheimer. he's the one the who producer. made the producer who <laughs> oh. made who made the trend uh the uh pirates of the caribbean movies who made oh. the um you know um national treasure national treasures <laughs> he, so good. he is literally jj abrams if jj abrams were a lot older and a lot dumber and <laughs> and and here's the thing he tricked everybody and he made a mel brooks styled fast-paced action comedy that is totally it's just totally wrapped up in all of its lies so everybody goes in thinking this is going to be a a racing movie a heist movie it's going to be a nick cage movie and angelina jolie's going to be in it it's gonna be the best time of my life i'm just going to have fun (laughs) and you have the worst time of your life because you don't (laughs) even know that you're watching something like blazing saddles or uh, or whatever that fucking movie is but you are because they're all aware that they're in a bad movie and they're all making fun of it while they're in it. I think Nick Cage thought it was a good movie because he seems like he's trying. <laughs> yeah. Nicholas Cage seems like that in every movie. He's in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I think he but... goes into the movie thinking, I'm going to make this movie great. I'm going to win my second Oscar in this one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be my, my third ghostwriter. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I agree with you almost, but I think watching it a second time, it became clearer to me because literally everything is comedy. When the fan, when the pan lights up on fire, it is on the nose when they're like, Hey, why are all the cars girl names? He's like, cause it's code. And it's like, that's a joke. And then when you go to like, say, um, the wiener comment, like you would not be a self-indulgent wiener. You'd be a connoisseur. It's so like, good. are you, you have to be joking. Like you're not, I mean, I with the kids, with the kids, he's like teaching these kids go-karting and he's like, driving's an art. Speed is a byproduct. 
go fast. You are the car. Let's drive. And you're like, are you, this is not real. This is not real. This is not real. I, I can't, like, so they just straight up have bad jokes in this where they don't like hit on any level, but they also no. have stuff like that where it's almost disguised that if they were trying to be funny, they weren't. And it's like the director didn't understand it was a joke in the script. Yes. And so he's confused by it too. <laughs> but the joke is also that the director is also one of the writers. Is he? I, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I might be wrong. Let, let me take a look because I'm pretty sure. No, it's not. It's Scott Rosenberg. But also, wait, guys. Do you guys know who's you guys know who's on this that you guys didn't know who was on this? HB Halicki. Do you guys know who that is? Oh, he, but he was the writer for the Whoa. original one. That's why. Too. Do you know who he looks like? Who? He looks like Talladega Nights, dude. Yes, he does. The mustache. Yes. <laughs> I literally <laughs> thought it was the dad from Talladega Nights, and I got so excited, and it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> it would have made sense. Oh, God. Okay, so we're in the story now, and, and they're in the kitchen having this horrible conversation, and then he finds out that that his stupid idiot brother who literally can't <laughs> even turn on his cell phone by himself, if they have cell phones at this point in time, I don't really know. Um, to, maybe. I, I had a firefly, <laughs> I think. Um, they He decides to go talk to his mother because he finds out that his shithead little brother hasn't told his mom anything. Yes. At I, all. I love the <laughs> Memphis to his mom. Yeah, when Memphis talks to his mom, he's like, like a firecracker, <laughs> like your son, like your son. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> I don't get it. He's like, because she's like, oh, there's a guy looking for you, and then he's like, who? What does he look like? And then this is where Nicolas Cage says, like a firecracker, like your son. And I was like, oh, my son. He's but also, who asks that question? Like, hey, somebody's here to see you. Oh yeah. Well, what does he look like? That's a shady family right there. The entire family is shady. She could just turn around and see for herself, though. You know, she's also very welcoming for a mother that made her son leave town. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, she sits down with him and she goes, so why are you even here? And he's I like, know, he's right? like, well, you know, Kip's kind of going to die. So I got to do something that I promised I would never do. And she's like, do it. I like this line where she's like, how deep in is he? And then Nicolas Cage replies, also in the most monotone way, deep. <laughs> deep. He's so deep right now, guys. And the entire time, it doesn't seem like she even cares about the entire situation at all. She's, like, handling everything really well, and she's just like, yeah, go save him, whatever, do whatever you want. It's an inherent vice, right? It's, like, it's it's the rule of inherent vice. It's, like... It's it's insurance on things that have breakability because they're going to be broken in transit. And it's like – it's just like accepting the things that come with the lifestyle. So she's just like, well, I knew my kids would be fucked up, so I'm just going to have to just let it go. But she know? sent like, one away forever. She sent forever. one away forever. Exiled so one him. wouldn't do it. And then since he is, she's like, okay, him. you know what? It's fine. <laughs> Which is really funny because like, there are cops literally in the diner who are just waiting. They apparently they just sit there all day and just wait yeah. for one of the brothers to show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then like, they see him and they're like, yeah, "Oh yeah, we're gonna call, <laughs> we're gonna call because we know exactly who that guy is." And then they call Detective uh, Drycough and Castlebeck. <laughs> <laughs> 
we kind of passed over that. But Drykov, uh, Timothy, I don't know how to say his last name. Bad. Um, he was Oliphant. really bad. Oliphant? <laughs> yeah. Dude, Oliphant was so, he's such a good actor and he's so cool as like a person. You wouldn't he, know from this movie. No, this yeah. movie could have killed his career. <laughs> I'm sorry, he still had one. The other detective, Delroy Lindo, was actually pretty good. I thought he yeah, did he was, yes, pretty, he good was actually pretty good. I, I like how they treat Memphis like a serial killer. Like, he, <laughs> come, he came back and they're like, oh, we have to stop him from stealing these cars. Well, dude, and he's that's so like dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> the, every time the, the, the main detective, Castlebeck, is talking, it's like just so dramatic and deadpan and everything's like the end of the world. <laughs> and it's either like crazy shadows on his face or it's like... <laughs> And, and he's in the dark, or it's, like, some bright light on his face, and he's just like, I'm gonna get you, asshole. And you're like, what the fuck? What are you getting? Like, <laughs> yeah, he literally came to, Like, he, when he came out and he's like, I, I'm only in town because of a family emergency, and that's literally true. He was like, if you ever fart in this district again, I'll send you yes. away for so long, you'll yes. be dead by the time you get out. <laughs> I don't understand it, too, because throughout the entire movie, or, like, in this beginning sequence, it's like, very laid out that he's gonna like he let him get away before or something or he regrets not getting him before and now that he's back in town he's gonna be all over him but like the way he goes about trying to get him seems so dumb (laughs) like he he breaks every law every single all these things yeah he like breaks all the laws but then also just lets him do like everything everything because he's (laughs) always because he's waiting for him to steal this one car Well, dude, and and by the time we get to the third act when, like, the big chase scene is happening and all these things are falling out, that cop literally breaks every single rule in the book. Everything he does is illegal and also it endangers every person in the city. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not forget a 30-foot-long propane tank exploded and flew around like a deflating balloon across an entire – construction site and he literally did not care (laughs) that tank tank literally took out three cop cars and and one of them he was just like one of them he pulled somebody out and he was like hey are you good cool awesome okay bye who gives a shit (laughs) like he had to stop just to let the guy know he didn't care about him (laughs) they had to be thinking about like the easiest way to get three of the cop cars like out of there they're they like, just were right, trying to all destroy three of them are going to yeah. get destroyed propane by tank. this one propane tank. <laughs> but it's flies. also not all at once. It's not all at once because no. <laughs> the propane tank flies and it zooms 50 feet through the air before it hits the first one. It hits the first one, <laughs> knocks it out, and then it's flying around on the floor and hits another cop car, takes it out, and then it continues flying until it takes out a third <laughs> cop car. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. We need to talk about that but also we need to talk about sway because Mm. at this point in the story he has no team he has three days (laughs) to boost 50 cars 13 of which are already impounded by the police he's already he really wasted his first day i tell you that really (laughs) wasted it and he literally showed up to a mentor of his was like hey um i need help stealing things and he's like but I see you changed your life and I don't want to ruin your life. So I'm not going to do that. And he's like, well, how many people are on your team? And he's like, one, <laughs> but I'll, but I'll leave. It's fine. Don't worry about me. Like the guy wasn't supposed to change his mind. <laughs> 
uh, there's also um, I don't know if we passed over or if it's right after that where the most racist part of this movie happens with oh, a bad yeah, Asian no, woman driver gosh. and then the black guy who is with them says that he can't swim but he wouldn't jump in a pool so there's double racism going double. on in with both characters in this one scene and then they pull over and he tells the Asian lady that she can't negotiate turns she speeds too fast she can't even use her turn signal she's stupid she should never be on the road literally just harping as many times as possible on the asian stereotype of bad driving and illiteracy and throughout the entire movie she returns as an illiteracy does and then and then he gets a call from nicholas cage and then he gets out of the car and then he says go ahead and take it a few times around the block what that's just going against everything that he just said that he yes. would let her yes. drive alone. Yes, Ugh. and that... she just started crying, and then she comes back later and is crying, and it's like this is horrible. Yes. Well, dude, it's no, okay, a so on horrible the second... reoccurring joke on on the second watch, guys, you can watch like if you watch that whole scene again where she's driving and they pull over and she's crying, she's faking it. Like legitimately faking it. Yes. She's just crying whenever right. she whenever he looks at her, which is yes. I don't know. Also very offensive. <laughs> very. As if women are just out to get attention, or if it's like an Asian thing where they pretend to be stupid so that they can get things that they don't necessarily I, yeah, have access yeah, to, don't or even... whatever. I don't know what the point of that is, but it's literally like you could see her stop crying, and then when he looks at her, she goes eh, and starts whining again. It's so weird, and it's so out of place. And it's I think so this gross. Opens up discussion for racist jokes in old movies. Do you give them a pass? No, 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 no. no. That, that's I, that's what the side I'm on, right? So, say you have a 1950s movie and it's really yeah. racist, and people say you can't judge it because it's just the time. But I'm not it's living racist. in that time. It's but... 2021. If I watch it now, I'm gonna comment on it. And how it affects me now. I'm not going to give it a pass. Well, well it should look, have had I mean, a pass back then either. Have so. been, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I ironically and, and sarcastically said it was just different then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, that was totally sarcastic. Cause, like, because it's like not – it's still not fine. I mean it's no. not okay. And there's no way it can be okay because the idea is that like it would be fine because they were low-brained enough to make a movie out of it. And so it's okay because their intelligence was so low that they could be given a pass. But uh, let's not forget this also went through an entire regimen of producers, studio yep. execs, and Movies multiple have edits. too many eyes on them. Movies have too many eyes on them to allow things like that to just go through. And this exactly. was made in 2000. It's not like it's an old movie. I mean, like, well, 21 <laughs> years now, but not like 1950s, you know? Yeah. And... You also have the actors who have to be in this incredibly racist scene who are both saying racist Very things true. about their race. And it's like, I how did this get, get approved? Like, how yeah. did, uh, and, and it gets worse later on. Okay. Right. We Wait, get I, him. Can I say one last thing on that? Because yeah. I'm thinking yeah. about the director, right? And their name is Dominic Senna. And he is, let's see. I'm looking at him right now. I'm trying to see if they're trying to pull the, well, I'm, whatever ethnicity so i'm allowed to make racist jokes because i'm fine 
kind of trying thing. to pull like I I'm see. also a minority. It's okay, even right, though like, it's not. But there's also racism right. toward African American people and Asian people in this scene. So yes, <laughs> in this scene alone, it was a double whammy of racism, <laughs> I, whammy. And, and it was way deep too. So it's yeah. like I don't know if they're trying to use that as a as a scapegoat. Like, a, well, I I'm a you know say for example, well I'm Puerto Puerto Rican, so I can say whatever I want about black people because I'm. Puerto Rican, and it's like that's not that's sense. not an excuse, you know. And it's also <laughs> the most stereotypical joke that's been made a million times, even before this movie came out. It's been made a million times, and I don't understand how it's even funny at that point. I looked up Ugh. that um, the director was born in Ohio of Italian American heritage. So. Oh, okay, yeah. So they don't they <laughs> no don't care. Passes. Have you seen no, Jersey no Shore? Nobody <laughs> no. cares. <laughs> Okay, um, so right, where, we where are we on. going Wait, next? Another thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, Jamie, you said yeah. that it seemed like a music video. Yeah. Well, the director won a Grammy for best music video. For no way. That makes so much sense. In the 90s, so. Oh, well, that probably is also <laughs> extremely racist and exploitative. Probably. <laughs> so there you I, go. <laughs> that's who really was, fun. Who is the so one director now who like did a whole bunch of music videos but now is like super big? I'll, I'll figure it out while you while you continue, Tony. I'll figure it out. Yeah. This yeah. movie. So this is a part they are talking to Donnie, who is the driving assistant, right? And they're going through a list of names to see who will help him in the crew. And we get to like <laughs> them in a montage of just calling a bunch of people and like, oh, oh no, this guy left. Oh, this guy's not alive anymore. And they get to a scene where a woman's just having sex, and like Nicholas Cage is like, oh, I guess you're busy. Oh, I guess you're really you busy. Answered the phone. And it's yeah, just, like, her having <laughs> sex, and it's super loud, and it's just constant moaning. And apparently it's so loud through the phone that on the other side of the room, Otto, the dog, and uh, the old guy, what is his name? Uh, or is Robert Otto Duvall. the old guy? Yeah, <laughs> Robert Duvall. Otto and, uh, and his dog are like, oh, look at that. <laughs> it's funny. They're having sex over the phone. And it's like, that is another, like, over-sexualization scene of the film well and, and then get... there's also the double the double joke of of it being a car movie and there being a car fanatic and his name being Otto. yes yeah. <laughs> also which is ridiculous <laughs> I, uh, real get... quick real quick i found the director i was just thinking it was david fincher because we did social network and i yeah, saw he did that he did david fincher's joke videos, yeah so. i mean if you watch baby driver you really get that and i feel like or is David Fincher? No, that's Edgar no, Wright. No, Edgar Wright, yeah. yeah. That's Edgar Wright. Which one was David Fincher? He, he does, like, uh, Fight so... Club and, and Mindhunter. Oh, and... no. Social okay, network. never mind. Yeah, Social okay, Network. Never mind. Maybe that's why the music's so loud in the background scenes. Yeah. Ooh, because he loves <laughs> the music. I was going to say, Baby Driver seemed like a music video. Except it's like... just Edgar Wright being a baller. But it's just <laughs> <Yeah>. Edgar Wright <laughs> being... Over the top, Edgar, right? In my opinion, but we'll save that. For oh, we'll save that for whatever. that's a different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get him down to two, two names. One is Sphinx. He's like a quote-unquote mute who doesn't talk, and he's a mortician, and he's a badass. He's my favorite character in this movie. He put a sandwich on a dead body. A half he put a sandwich. On a dead body. He's, he's also the most detrimental stereotype of a Russian man ever. Yes, he's but he's he the isn't. cold-hearted. Oh, what? Oh, he isn't. Well, well at the end, they at the end, reveal it's that he isn't. That he is not Russian. <laughs> They're trying to undo their racism. <laughs> <laughs> the other name is Sway, which is Angelina Jolie's character. Yes. And she's working at some bar, 
and she turns him down because she's changed. She doesn't. No, 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 no. She works at an auto body shop and has a second job at a bar. And a second job at a bar. And she turns him down because she's gone with that life. She doesn't want it anymore. And so Nicolas Cage leaves the bar without her help. And this is where Johnny B is introduced. And Johnny B is some competitive car stealer who feels like Kalitri should have went to him to steal the 50 cars because he wants the $200,000. And he is the most stereotypical, like, quote-unquote gangster character who just acts (laughs) so dumb throughout this entire movie. He's terrible. Why is he even in it? They just had to make another stereotype against African-American people. Is he the one with the... uh... The headband and the sweatsuit yes, all the, the time. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, he's like the worst character, and he's also very offensive, even to a white man very much. like myself. And his inclusion in this movie does nothing for the story of the movie. Absolutely, he's nothing. comedic he relief. Cut out all the scenes he's in, and it's fine. He's supposed to be. Okay. It's like it's like when they're in the dealership, and he's like doing the wires or whatever, and Sphinx interferes, and he's like. Well, I told you this is my job. I said, fucking kill you or whatever. And then he pulls yeah. out a knife. He's like, oh, my God, man. Why do you take things so personally? You do whatever you want. But he says uh-huh. it with the accent and he says it with the intonation uh, and the context of, like, being, like, a gangster or, like, a ghetto black man, which is so weird because the other black man is that stereotypical, I don't have feelings, everything bounces off of me. Yes. Kind of thing. It's bad. Uh, which is, like, also very damaging. <laughs> Also, very this movie's terrible with it. So terrible. he tries to beat up. He tries to beat up Memphis Reigns, and Nicolas Cage doesn't look like he can fight for like anything. at all, at all, <laughs> at all. And he still takes on a couple of them, but then he gets pinned against a car. And then here comes Sphinx, who saved the day. He blows up Johnny B's car, which, didn't which need to causes happen. a chain explosion of like three yeah. other cars, which also <laughs> shouldn't happen because, like. In that case, the car would just, like, light on fire, and it wouldn't really explode. And I'm sure Mark has a lot of experience with that. Oh, you're going to bring up my exploding truck, aren't you? <laughs> but it didn't explode. I remember that. That was so long it ago. It didn't explode. <laughs> it just lit on fire, and it burned to the ground, but it never yeah. exploded. No, Because that's not really what cars do. And then he beats up everyone and frees Nicolas Cage. And they all go back to autos, and he has his crew... And Kip comes in and brings in his young crew. Wait, I just wanted to clarify for you. You said he beats up everyone. And I just want to clarify, he beats up everyone. Like, (laughs) hand-to-hand combat. Like, he walks up, just one punch, knockout. One punch, knockout. And it's like, I the whole movie, dude, I was like, okay, so Memphis thinks he's all tough. He goes and he, you know, goes to save his brother. And then he, like, does a weird disarming move he takes the pistol back and Mm -hmm. then they kick his ass and then later he tries to fist fight somebody else and i'm like so you know like like a kick-ass martial artist tactical military genius and you never asked for training (laughs) and yet you 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 suffer yourself to the point where you allow yourself to be put in situations where you get your ass kicked every time. Mm-hmm. So you're yes, wanting yes. to get hurt. Is that what's going on? <laughs> is that you're willing to be crushed every time? You just like the – are you just like addicted to the pain? <laughs> it's just weird Cage. to me. It is Nicolas Cage though. We can't put anything past him. We can't put anything past him. <laughs> 
And uh, Tony, when you're talking about the part where, or like, we were getting to the part with all the young crew showing yes. up. So there's a scene before it where Memphis and Kip are like talking at their house, and they have like a heart to heart, right? But then Kip shows up like the next scene and introduces his crew. And yeah, yeah. Nicholas Cage freaks out on him. Freaks but out. But we on just him. had a heart to heart moment between them, and then he just starts screaming. Yeah. At well, him. Let's let's talk about the heart to heart moment. So they're they're back at the house. They're back at the dumpster fire, and 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 his brothers like hey man it's cool that you wanted to be like better and all but like i don't see why i wasn't a part of that picture and i don't understand why you like left me hanging like yeah i understand that like i'm not the brightest and i understand like i suck but i also (laughs) understand like you're the one who taught me that and like i'm supposed to trust you and like you weren't there and it's like this kind of sentimental moment and then nick's like yeah, well, you know, like, PTSD's a bitch, so I don't really know what I'm supposed to tell you. <laughs> and then he goes and takes the job. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if Nicolas Cage cares about anything in this movie except for cars. And even, like, he's doing this to save his little brother, but he still doesn't show him any emotion, and he really only shows emotions to cars. And even when he is having, an, like, a makeout scene, it's still about... <laughs> cars yeah yeah but wait but wait didn't you understand that everybody in the movie would rather fuck a car than a person sorry i don't i don't know what (laughs) the language barrier is on this no language Uh, is this a is this okay great well this isn't you know uh uh, 18 plus show because everybody (laughs) wants to fuck the cars everybody (laughs) wants to i have 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 rough intercourse (laughs) fun fact that apparently nicholas cage actually really really liked that car and they would have trouble getting him out of the car to film the next scene. Yes. So much so yes. much so that they had like three models and or they had like five models of that car and like they blew a, like some of them up, right, and ruined them for shots. But one of them went to some other actor or producer or director, I can't remember, but he got like one of those cars because he loved it so much. So him talking sexually about the car was actually was probably just they, just they just started <laughs> filming the cage. Well, also, guys, also, yeah, I don't know if you know this. He actually trained. He did almost all of the driving himself. Oh. He, he actually trained. That, yeah. He trained at, like, three different schools, and they even trained, like, Angelina Jolie and, and even, like, some of the other she actors. She did nothing. I, I know, I know, and, and we won't. We haven't even gotten to her riding a motorcycle, but that was embarrassing as well. Um, and and he actually drove, like he did this. Well, there was movie. a scene. There was a scene where he's driving and he does like a one eighty. I can't remember like the specific name for it, but like he does it, and the camera's shot in a way so that his face would be in it the entire time. We're like, look, Nicholas Cage is dri- actually driving. Yeah. And, and and I know we're not at the bridge part yet, but my favorite part is when he lands the car and then he goes. <sighs> <laughs> okay, so so the young the young crew comes up and Rubisi's like, oh sorry, Kip, because that's the best fucking name for a character. Kip, the idiot brother, goes, "Hey, bro, I'm here to help." And then they're like, why, why do you think you can do this? Like, your career is over because you suck and you ruined everything <laughs> and you almost got yourself killed and now everybody else is going to be in trouble mm-hmm. now. So why do you think you have the right to be here? And he's like, uh, because it's my money. 
<laughs> yeah. And yeah, then it's but now mentioned... it's also getting diluted by like yeah. five other people. <laughs> One, Toby says he can literally says he can hack the mainframe, which is yeah, something we does. say ironically <laughs> when, when we don't know when we don't know anything about computers and hacking. We always say hack the mainframe, and that's what he said. <laughs> he also it's... does it at fucking light speed. Yeah, and, and on top of that, when he's doing it, there are actual graphical effects that show like three D car models and shit, which is not what. That's not what hacking is. Are you it's sure? not. <laughs> Are you sure? Do you know from firsthand experience? I also, <laughs> I also want to add that one of the guys' name is Freb. And the good thing about Freb <laughs> is that he can order a pizza like no one else can. Yeah. And Freb I, 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 literally goes... looks at them and he says, hey, people got to eat, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, forever. So, so, so when the young crew comes in, they're all like, "We're adults, and this is not for kids." And and he's like, "Yeah, my crew can do like a lot of cool things." And and it sounds like the entire thing is ad libbed. If you watch it again, you'll see they're laughing at what they're saying. And the BC, <laughs> uh, Kip goes, "Yeah, this is my pal, you know, whatever his face is." And he's like, "He can drive things with wheels." And sometimes he can drive things without wheels. <laughs> and, so, and he says it like that in the movie. And the guy literally goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I was the young crew. Okay. I was just going to say, Fred, I totally thought Freb was Justin Long for like three scenes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Which one? Who is Justin Long? Is He's that the, the guy from College Humor? Uh He's in Dodgeball. He was in some of that. He's, but in, he's in Dodgeball. Uh, he's in The no, Walrus or whatever that movie is. I'll send you. A I thought picture. he looked like. A, I thought he looked like a guy from College Humor, but it's no like it's no way that he is because he looks like him in 2000. So they talk in the garage like it's Fast Five when they're all like they all agreed to work together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. And this is where yes. the self indulgent wieners came in. No. My they note, scope out. Are they go scope out when they so they talk in the garage and then they go out and scope where all all the cars are. They're like, "Oh, here's this car, here's this car." And then when Nicolas Cage like dresses up and goes to like some high end dealership, that's when the self indulgent wieners comes in because uh, he's talking to like some yes, car salesman. Yes, yes, yeah, he tells so, the like, guy he's like, "I saw this Porsche outside of a Starbucks." <laughs> And I yeah. realize, and you think he's going to say something like super cool about money or whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. the only person who would own that is someone totally self-indulgent with way too much blood money to spend. Those people are idiots or whatever. And the guy's just like, what the fuck? And then, <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, he calls them wieners or whatever. And then he's like, but if I wanted this really specific car, I think it's Eleanor. He was like, if I want this really specific car... The dealer goes, oh, yes, you would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. You would be a (laughs) connoisseur. And he goes, do you have one of those? And he's like, well, not in this warehouse. And he's like, well, I'll check the the warehouses for you. And he's like, good, do that. Check all of them. And it's like totally inconspicuous, duh. And he's like (laughs) telling them to like give them an inventory of all of their warehouses and they do it. (laughs) <laughs> and they do it. There's a really bad line, and I don't know where it comes in. Where he said, two Rogers don't make it right." That was that one. He's like, yeah, he's like, "Hey, my name's Roger," and he's like, "Oh, my name's Roger too." But two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> What's that even mean? <laughs> it's like it's like two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, but, but it's Roger. so stupid. <laughs> uh, oh my! Was it God. Kip who doesn't know who a, what a unicorn is? 
No, yeah, it's someone it's, didn't it's, know. Uh, <laughs> it's the guy who can call it's... pizzas. I think it's Freb. <laughs> He's like the the uh, the black character who doesn't have any feelings and everything bounces off of him. He was like, "Yeah, that's Eleanor." That he's talking to her. They've been through a lot. You know, he's got to reacquaint himself. And then, and then Kip jumps in and he goes, "Yeah, one time he went off the, the Long Beach Pier or some shit like that." And then, and then it cuts back and he's like, "That's that's Memphis's unicorn." And Freb's like, "What's a unicorn?" <laughs> and then, and then he's like, "A fabled beast." <laughs> yeah. And 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 Freb has that look on his face, like, "Oh my god, I'm so stupid." <laughs> And, and that's and that's it. That's the whole scene. That's it's it. just Nick Cage rubbing the car and whispering to it. Oh, he wants and then to do nasty three things people. to it. And oh, he also shouldn't like – he like gives like, oh, man, I'm so stupid. Like he gives off that like look and that vibe. But like <laughs> what I assumed was he knows what a unicorn is, but he doesn't know how it applies in this situation. But he's like just straight up pretended like he didn't know what a unicorn was. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. It. I don't I'm know. unsure. I'm <laughs> unsure if he just didn't know what a unicorn was because the writers. Also, in this scoping out scene is where we get into another problematic joke that's not even funny. Uh, Sphinx and Mirror Man, the only black character in the crew, are on top of like a warehouse and they're oh. scoping out Ferraris. Oh my and god. Mirror yeah. Man says, yeah. Damn, it's cold up here. They keep these Ferraris refrigerated. And you know black people don't like cold weather. We're tropical people, man. <laughs> when this is over, I'm going to smoke a joint, watch two hours of Roots, and I'm going to kick your ass. Just a reminder, this, this was written Yikes. by a white guy. Also, Excuse a reminder me. that there's actually a precursor joke to that one. And it involves <laughs> Giovanni Ribisi. Saying that he had worked with some faggoty guy out of another place. I didn't know. I thought I heard that wrong. No, he no, said faggoty guy, and then oh. they were like, bang, right on the money. And then they make the black joke where the black character's like, you know, we're tropical people. Ugh, so bad. I don't even know oh, what that no. means. I don't even know don't what that know. means. It's so bad. Well, well obviously, it's, a, it's an offhanded reference to the Pirates of the Caribbean. That's Ooh. what it is. Because they're, they're Caribbean people. Uh, right? Like, is he trying to say that all black people are tropical people? Because that's just false. That's very, very far from the I truth. I don't that know all what black it meant. People are tropical I don't. Know yes, but it, then it, he follows it up by saying, by making this black character say, "I'm gonna smoke a joint, watch two hours of Roots." Like, what the fuck? It's what is... You can tell it's just a white guy. Like, oh, what's a what's a that's show? That... Not even a funny joke it's bad it's really bad it's, it's entirely really bad. offensive it's like those parts of the movie is like enough for me to just say this movie cannot get a three <laughs> out of ten no it can't. that's why it was a 2.9 that's, that's why, why it's a two <laughs> out of ten like <laughs> it's so, so bad and so tasteless even for 2000 if if you guys want to know why I, I gave it thirteen out of fourteen or fourteen out of fifteen, I don't remember. Thirteen Eleanor's. out of fourteen. Yes, thirteen out of fourteen. Eleanor's. The reason I used Eleanor as a basis for my sliding scale is because Eleanor is the total embodiment of all of the dumb ass things that this movie has to offer. And so, the more of the numbers that I can put into it, the more I can point out how ridiculously offensive this movie is. 
So yeah. it's not it's not to say that thirteen out of fourteen Eleanors is a good thing. It's to say oh, thirteen out of fourteen oh, Eleanors is an A plus failure. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Just to clarify for anybody who didn't know, <laughs> that scene is problematic by itself, and then it's followed by Memphis and Kip getting chased by Johnny B. Oh They're my. driving. They get boxed in, and they shoot up his car, and he escapes and he runs away. Into a diner that has a cop car outside of it. And this is the worst line Nicolas Cage says in this <laughs> yes, entire movie. He goes in there and then Johnny B and his crew is like, man, we can't go in there and kill him because there's a cop car there. And like, just like disregarding the whole, it's like a fucking public place and everyone's going to see you kill these guys. Like disregarding that. It's because there's a cops there. But he says, <laughs> Nicolas Cage looks out. Towards Johnny B, and in the weirdest way possible, says, "Look, cop car. Uh huh. Long as I'm in here, you're just gonna sit out there, aren't you? I deliver just like that. <laughs> it was so dumb. Also, also, they can't hear him through the glass. Like How could they hear him through the glass? There's no way they heard what he said. Uh, no, they didn't hear it. Also, just because a cop car is around does not mean that the cops are aware of the black gangster characters. They don't know what's going on. There's no way that the two parties entering the same restaurant is going to send up red fucking flags because nobody's even thinking about the fact that Memphis Reigns, as of 24 hours ago, is out of retirement. Because yeah. yeah. they how haven't been cops, caught yet. How did these how did cops, cops not recognize yeah, but, him, but the yeah, other cops the other cops. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but the cop that goes up to the car after... Okay, so they get pulled away, right? Uh, Kip sneaks okay, out, wait. hooks it up. Kip sneaks out yeah. and hooks it up to a big rig semi, right? This scene was way too long. This scene was one of those ones where I put it up to one and a half because they just show him, like, sneaking around, and then they cut back to Nicolas Cage doing fuck all, like he's not doing anything, and it <laughs> lasts for at least five minutes or something. He hooks up Johnny B's car to the big rig, and then the big rig owner goes out, and he's driving away. He drives away with a big rig, hooked up to a car, and it pulls the fucking drivetrain off of that car. It literally destroys it. When in reality, he would just keep pulling the car with him. That was not where I thought it was going. That is not at all where I thought it was going. I thought the semi was just going to drive off and carry Johnny B with him. But they fucking ripped the entire bottom car out of the car. And this attracts the attention of everyone. And the cops run up and then they like hold them all at gunpoint. And then they're like, do you got permits for those weapons? And that's the end of Johnny B. Goodbye. The cop who walked up to the car is the uh, cop from Halloween 2018. Oh, my. <laughs> you are Deep correct. I, I recognized him, but I thought the other guy was just along the whole time. <laughs> Guys. Let's back up a little bit and talk about what Memphis actually did to that truck driver. <laughs> because he walks up to the guy and he goes, hey, dude, is that your big rig? Whoa. And the whole time, the whole time, they're like, we're going to go in here so we can be inconspicuous so that we don't get ganged up on by a literal gang that will kill us so that way we can prevent violence. What does he do? He goes to a guy by association, forces him into the conflict by using his vehicle, which he uses for his livelihood, to yes. attach itself to 
the, the you know the enemy's car, rip its drivetrain out, and on top of that, get the attention of the cops. So this poor this poor asshole who is just like, hey, thanks for admiring my car, is now a part of a gang related violent <laughs> violent <laughs> event, and also an international car heist. <laughs> and he can no longer go to work. And Memphis either Ranks way, is the villain. <laughs> and he has either guns way, pulled he's on him. involved. The semi truck driver is involved in completely destroying someone else's property. Like he's gonna, yeah. like his insurance is gonna have to pay for that. <laughs> There's no way he's <laughs> not at fault for this. That. That's what I'm saying. Is like they left him to hang, dude. They they like he can't explain. Like, well, I went inside to this diner, got a dinner. And then somehow my car was hooked up to another car, which totally obliterated that car with the people <laughs> in it. He can't explain that. It would sound like he got drunk and then just did something stupid. And guess what? Those two stupid brothers are not going to be there to help They're figure not. that problem out. And that guy no. now is sinking. He probably actually committed a felony also, which probably means that he's going to jail. <laughs> this poor okay. guy. They're just making a joke out of him. So this scene ends, and we get back to Otto's workshop. And this is where Freb steals a car. Oh, yes, the heroin storyline. <laughs> wait, wait, guys, 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 wait, wait, hold on. We forgot when Sway comes to help the group. Oh. Because no, we... she drives up on her motorcycle at the harbor. And she doesn't even drive the motorcycle. She's, like, not even going fast enough for it to move. So she's, like, wobbling and falling over. And then it's, like, a really weird cutting thing. And he's, like, oh, you showed up. And she's, like, it wasn't the same without you. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) So her, like, inclusion in this, like, she, like, just randomly. So she made her mind. I'm not helping you. And then later on, like, maybe... Ten minutes away, she's like, I'm helping you. I'm not going to explain why. This movie isn't going to explain why, but I'm just helping you again. That's it. And then and she just joins, like, out of nowhere. She's like, well, what's, and, and what's she her motivation? Nothing. And then she right? does nothing. Yeah. No well, motivation, she's like, yes. She's like, I, I stole cars. I was part of this international, you know, top-level car heist group. That's what we did for our living. She – let's, let's like, dissect this character because she is <laughs> literally – fucked for the entire film she so she she's in league with memphis reigns and then he quits and just like her his brother she's totally abandoned and she's like in a relationship with him and he's like well i asked you to come with and she's like yeah like spur of the moment like you you literally said we're going now and i that was my only life and like i was in the middle of a lot of shit that you just left me with and mm-hmm. so i was suffering for a long time and then i got out because it wasn't the same with you because i really was only doing it so that it could be close to you and then you weren't even around anymore you didn't even bother to say goodbye and then on top of that i had to go work two minimum wage jobs that don't pay my bills and i realized that the reason i was stealing is because it was so hard to be a woman and to make money and so i was objectified abandoned and i didn't even have a chance of living on my own so now i'm suffering even more i'm fixing cars instead of stealing them i'm offering people drinks at a bar as a bartender and then you come back into my life ask me to save your brother's life because you guys are both stupid and for like $20,000 for like $20,000 which is nothing. And then I, I say, no, you guilt trip me. And then you leave. 
And then I feel bad. So now I feel obligated to help you because we were in a group in the first place. And then spends the rest of the movie trying to be his girlfriend again when all he can think about is saving his brother. He never acknowledges what he did to her. And he only once tries to hook up with her. Memphis and she takes him sucks. back. She just and takes, she takes him, him back. back. She the just entire time. She just forgives him, forgets everything, takes him back. And she's like the one who kind of initiates it. Was she not the one who initiated trying no, yeah, to take she, him back? She showed up and then she like flirted with him and like yeah, let him and then yeah. a scene later on in the movie, she's like talking about like getting freaky with him or whatever, and she's like leather, high heels, and pink underwear. And then Nicholas Cage just says, "Pink underwear works. Pink underwear works." <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? It's like the most misogynistic way of like looking at this character and making her bend over backwards for this main male lead and do anything for him. And then what's worst is it's Angelina Jolie. You casted Angelina Jolie for that role. Yeah. 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 It's so bad. Uh, and then you sidelined her. <laughs> yes. Like, and she's barely Angelina, in it, so she got no more of, development after that. Like, you think no. of Angelina Jolie and you're like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith or like Salt. And she's like kind of this icon for like a badass woman yeah. who like – She's also like an activist and does all this other shit. She's like a genuinely a good, good person. role model. She'd be and, a genuinely good role model because like all her kids are adopted too and stuff like that. Yeah. Or like most of her kids are adopted. Like she has a bunch of adopted kids. And like she's like this pioneer for like women actors. Like female in rights and – yeah, and, and having that freedom. And, and I know it was early on in her, her career. career. But still, for it's people still to so think – that that means that even top actresses like her were still sidelined and mm-hmm. boxed into sexually exploitative roles. I mean yes, if you see the, like, the poster, she's like looking kind of in a seductive way and then she's barely in the movie. She's in the movie way less than Giovanni Rabisi. And her name is Sway. Yeah. yeah it's like all just to get teenage boys into the theater because Angelina Jolie's in it. Just, exactly. Just like, sexualizing her. Yeah, and and it's during – I think it's during – is it during the scope-out sequence when they go together to find this specific car that this really rich guy has at his house? And so they're yes. watching them have sex through a window. That's not closed for any reason. They're just standing in front of it. They don't happen to see the car in their driveway. And then they try themselves to have sex while they right. fetishize a car and it's many, and many, many parts. Cars. Yeah, That's correct. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're there yet, are we? No? Is Wait, that part on, of the on. stakeout sequence or no? Hold on. I'll be right back. You guys can continue without me. Okay. okay. Well, that's – um. so like that's a little bit later because we were Is on it the later? Part, yeah, because okay. we're on the part where uh, heroin Freb car. had heroin. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was – disappeared and showed up with a race car that had heroin in it? Yeah. I thought it was cocaine. Mm-hmm. I don't know what heroin looks like. I've only seen Breaking Bad and they're shooting up in their arms, so I don't understand. Right. I think, I think they say heroin. That's how I think. it They say out. heroin? If they didn't say this is heroin, there's yeah, no I, way I would have said, thought it was heroin. <laughs> it, it looks like coke. It acts like coke. Yeah, it blows away and like coke with the exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> also, so so in that scene, the detective finally comes back, and he's like, just walks into the to the to the uh, shop, and is just like, um, "Hey, I'm I'm here to bust you, make you scared." <laughs> and, yeah. and and in that, he's like harassing them. Yes, like it's not it's not just a detective showing up and trying to do his job. 
he's harassing them. And and let's let's go back a little bit because we kind of sidelined him because he sucks and why would we talk about him? But um, <laughs> he he tracks down this guy that he's just like he oh hates my. but he's also in love with. And when he goes and finds out that that their team um, was buying laser cut keys off of a dealer so that they could steal these cars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the dealer says we kept it anonymous because we didn't want to trace anything back. But the kid looked like a boxer type. I don't know if you realize this, but for some reason – they take that stereotypical image, that like brief rundown of what the character looks like. They transplant it onto Nick Cage, not Kip, not Freb, not any of those guys. They put it on Nick Cage and then they swap it again and they say that that's not the boxer type and it's somebody else. So I they don't even, even – it's don't a know. flip-flop through the entire movie. It's literally just like – the guy's like, I, I am going to – get my lawyer and and he goes well that's an option (laughs) and then he goes or we can just you know you can do that and then we can just go straight to court and just you know nail you for grand theft auto and for not really not really how it works you still need a lawyer which isn't how it works (laughs) they need proof which they don't have if the guy had like held off a little longer it wouldn't have worked because they wouldn't have been able to prove it because he didn't have a statement and it's like Everything this guy does is so stupid and it doesn't make any sense <laughs> and it's always filled with vengeance but we yeah, don't even yeah. know what he did like to it, get that response out of this detective. Yeah, like, it's just like the fact know, that he dude. couldn't catch him. He was like the one who got away, like this criminal that got away, he couldn't catch him. But that's not enough to explain why he has such a vendetta against him. Like yeah. it's it's insane. And, and 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 it's funny to me that they lead him through as a detective throughout the entire film because literally all of the the clues that he's supposed to find are put right in his face. Every time yeah. he says something, it's so on the nose. One of my favorite elephant lines is when he goes um, – he says something about his wife because uh, – the, the detective says something about his wife, Castlebeck, because um, he made a bet on what Memphis was doing supposedly in the city when he visited his mom and dry cough is like, you know, talking about his wife because he says like, Oh, well I lost the bet. My, my wife's going to be mad that I lost $200. And he goes, yeah, your wife can be really mean sometimes. Oh yeah. Yes. And then he's so like, what? And he's like, yeah, she's awkward. so mean. And like, then, why? and then it's quiet. And then he leaves and he's like, or right before he leaves, dry cough is like, yeah, man, we're going to put you away for so long. By the time you get out, cars will, will – there'll be flying cars. You won't even be cars. And that, oh, that would suck and you wouldn't it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like every line is that bad really. Like they really, really did that to these actors. Yep. It's so bad. That like was, how long did that, that movie take to shoot? Because I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> well, how long did it take to watch? Because it felt a lot longer than the runtime. <laughs> well, it, it turns out it is actually about two hours, which is a miserable I saw experience. that there's an extended edition that's two hours is and seven really? minutes. Yeah, it's ten extra minutes. Yeah. I don't oh, know. God. Interesting. <laughs> there's a director's cut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so the detective comes into the, to the shop, yeah. and he's like – Hey, you guys are all a bunch of little fucking losers and all of you <laughs> are criminals. And since you're all in one room and nobody can ever be reformed, uh, I am assuming that you guys are all dirty basket cases who are just trying to do something nasty. And, and, and Memphis is like, dude, you're kind of like hurting my feelings. 
Like, he just came in here and, like, well, one, Nick literally says that. But he comes in and he's just, like, demanding all these things and making all these assumptions. And Memphis is just like, hey, you know what? Like, you're actually kind of hurting my feelings because you're just assuming the worst of me all the time. Like, every time I've seen you, you just told me that I'm a piece of shit and I haven't done anything. And he's like, you definitely can't prove it. And, like, it is a family emergency and all this stuff. And he's like, you literally think that I'm selling this. I've chopped this up and sold it for parts. And he's like, I don't know, prove me wrong, which is not how detective work works. No, not at all. And uh, they're like, well, <laughs> then get in the car and t- turn it on. And the dude literally comes, like, on screen. He does. And While it's the heroine so gets weird. blown away. Why, is he, why did he get in the car? Like, you're investigating these criminals, and yeah. you're just like, yeah, let me check out this nice ride you guys have. It's so stupid. Put a tracker in there or something to make his character do something, like, more... Like, anything. But just getting in there and not having a reason other than he also enjoys cars is so stupid. Right? And guess what? I found out that one of the uh, the behind-the-scenes goofs, like on IMDb, <laughs> is that his comment on automatic driving, uh, the, the, like, auto, uh, like, the cruise control. Uh-huh. What, what his comment it? on, like, he was like, this is one of the earliest models to put cruise control in the car. And Nick Cage is just like, haha, yeah, okay. And uh, he climbs into the car, and he's like, "He's like, what are you sassing me?" He's like, "No, I'm just sure that your knowledge of cars is far superior to mine." Because he's like, "I I built cars before I stole them, and I steal them, and I know everything about them." And he's just like laughing about this. I realized that because I'm a I'm an idiot when it comes to cars. The goof says that that's actually not true. That that comment about the cruise control is not true, and and they said it was a goof. But the idea is actually that it's the cop being so egregious and his like big dicking that he's like saying things that he thinks are true, but it's not true. I so Nick Cage known. is literally laughing at known. him. But the yeah. thing is, is this movie so dumb. It literally can't even pull that off. Yeah. I, I <laughs> thought he was correct. being serious. And to- Luke, none, none of <laughs> the three of anything. us know anything about cars. Tony does, but he's, of course he's the one who's not here. So we'll ask him <laughs> when he comes back. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on with it. Um, yes. <laughs> The, uh, where oh the, the, oh we have a question is, we have a question whoa, for you. Whoa, whoa. Oh. okay go ahead do you know anything about when cruise control was invented and what type of model was the first one to have it no okay <laughs> <laughs> well neither does this movie so neither okay. does this yeah uh yeah we we get to this like the the tech the tech boy the one who can hack the mainframe he makes uh, yes. new fingerprints for everybody yeah, he <laughs> oh that's mirror man mirror man was giving people new fingerprints what? That's true. <laughs> that there, true. There's a weird scene where we where we just cut to the inside of the garage and they're putting like weird gel tabs on their fingers yeah. and yes, it's that's totally shooting. That's Mirror Man. Yeah, that's Mirror Man. And he's like, he's like, out of nowhere, this guy's like, I need to do this. And he's like, why do that? You're an idiot. Why don't you get a more <laughs> modern, bro? And then he puts like sticky things on his fingers and he's like, this will give you any fingerprint you want. And it comes out of nowhere. This is where I'm a bad man comes in when yeah, you're about to go steal some cars. Favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Part of the movie. It's, it's, the, it's the part in the superhero movie where they get the old suit out. Yeah, yes. And they're yes. like, they're like, oh, fuck you. I can't believe I'm doing this again. <laughs> and, and it's weird because we never saw Memphis. Like, I think the thing that really sucks about this movie is that Memphis is supposedly this, like, incredibly legendary car thief and we don't get to see any of that because this entire movie is just them botching the same task 
over and over again. And we don't even get like no opening credit sequence where we see Memphis just be a total badass. We don't get to see him in his suit. So like him pulling this thing out and going, I'm a bad man. It literally means nothing. It means <laughs> nothing. nothing. At all. And yeah, it's it has stupid. no significance <laughs> to it at all. Like, I'm supposed to care about this leather jacket or something. Like, I previously knew about this leather jacket. But was there significance in Lowrider starting to play? Like, it's George Lopez? Yeah, George <laughs> Lopez. I love how everybody takes a moment of, of, of pause. Like, you could see, like, even Robert Duvall just being like, Dude, shut the fuck up when the song comes on. And everybody's, like, snapping their fingers, a fedora's put on. Like, and somebody's, like, smelling the air and, like, dancing a little bit. And it's like, no weirdness. Cage does this thing yes. with his fingers. Nicolas Cage does this thing with his fingers. It's, like, jazz hands. But it's, like, jazz fingers. And he holds both of them up and he's, like, wiggling his fingers as his yes, eyes are he closed. Does, like, and he's, like, <laughs> feeling the music. And I'm, like, oh, my God. He's just fondling <laughs> it. <laughs> He's really, he's really, really into it. And, um, and then it, it makes no sense because then they go on stealing things, right? Yeah. They start stealing things and they, it's so easy for them in the movie. Like we've so been leading easy. up to this and there's like no tension whatsoever. They just get like 47 cars pretty easily. I just wanted some like fast five tension in here where they're about to like <laughs> lead up to like do this big thing. And then, you know. There's stakes, but there's no stakes because it just like kind of montages over them stealing all the cars except for Eleanor or the three Mercedes, I mean. And you know what I don't understand about how they're stealing these cars so quickly is they're driving somewhere and they're taking the car. So they're driving two people in a car, drive to an area. They steal the car, but both of them drive in the stolen car back to the dock. So they're just losing a car every time. They're just (laughs) losing a car every time, but then how do they get back from the dock to the next place? Do they, like, just have 50 cars that they're leaving all around town? I don't understand it. (laughs) It doesn't make make any sense. sense. (laughs) They just wanted some quippy stuff between the characters, Tony, where he says that he's Robin Hood, bitch. After all, this is some of the the most hilarious content in the entire film, by the way. Every single one of these people who are doing these really dumb things, they're all doing it to the maximum stupidity. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and we're going to get there. I know. I'm not even going to spoil it, but there's some moments <laughs> specifically that really, really grind my gears. But it's very interesting how this is supposed to make us root for a superhero team of car thieves when they're all incompetent. <laughs> yeah. All of them. Yeah. Not just Freb. Not like. <laughs> and we this go- is where we get into auto eating the keys. They have or, these keys yeah. for some Mercedes. Oh and yeah. He eats them. The dog eats the keys. Yes. Did you which... say auto eat the keys? I'm sorry. I did say auto eat the keys. <laughs> I meant his dog. Auto's okay. dog. We're not, we're not entirely I'm just sure giving, what the dog's name. I'm is. just giving his dog his name as well because I don't know the dog's <laughs> yes. name. And auto sounds like a dog's name to me. Well, I also thought it was, they had a really weird shot of the hamburgers after they left, and I didn't realize that that dog was going to eat them, so it just looked like they added an extra shot. That was supposed to be a setup shot for so him weird. eating the hamburgers the and the key. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, the thing that makes this whole thing fall flat, that makes it really nonsensical, is that they don't bring the dog up until right before it's necessary. So it's not right. like we get to – so we see this guy. We already see this guy. We go, we find out that he taught Memphis how cars work. They have a fetish for cars. 
that they, you know, they really appreciate them. And he's just his mentor. And, and, and that's when he was like, well, you have a great life. I don't want to, you know, make you relapse and come back into this life. And he's like, no, I got to save Kip. And I got to do right by you. Well, not even in that scene do we get to even see the dog. And then all of a sudden we have like Dr. Doolittle little level like well, we, animal We do action. see the dog. We do see do the dog in that scene because he's chewing Earlier. on a license plate. Yeah. One, oh, I think he's chewing like, on a license plate. Dude, why would they, they don't do a cutaway? They don't do a cutaway. Like with all these other shots, right? They're, they're establishing the burgers. And then they establish the envelope <laughs> that's been eaten. And then they, you know, they don't show the shit, which is fine. But which I'm a little disappointed about. Same. I same. wish I saw them rooting through poop, but I didn't get to see I it. Wish. <laughs> but you know, he also they, pulls they, the keys out and they're perfectly happy. clean. Yeah, they're clean. And he's happy and he's after smiling. He just, he just shoved his hand. And there's in some like dog nothing shit. wrong with it. Like it's not like even a little bit digested. I don't know what's going on. My my favorite part of that that sequence where we find out he ate the keys is my is my quote, which I I'm gonna read again because it's still good. Uh, Otto, man, I, I think your dog ate the keys. Oh, really? He usually goes for the license plates. Are you sure? <laughs> Which is great. And yeah, because we I, saw I, him chewing on a license plate earlier in like one establishing shot way <laughs> earlier in the movie. And, right. And that came to be a, an important plot point in the movie. <laughs> for the dog eating things off the table. And this is where we get to your uh, Jamie's favorite part of them um, about to have sex in the car. And because uh... uh, they're stealing a <laughs> yes. car, they're stealing a car from a rich guy. Yeah. And the entire front of his house is glass and it's a rich guy. <laughs> I thought it was his... an office because he has a desk in there. I thought they were doing it at his office. And it's it was weird. It, well, it's it like, looks like it's an definitely office. like a neighborhood, though, but it's a neighborhood. Yeah. But, so but it has like, like a, a private home. driveway office? and like a garage. But were they trying to make it look like an office because they put a big desk in there? I don't know. No, I think it's just like rich people have desks in their house. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who these characters no. who are about to have sex. Right? We have no idea who no. they are. We and don't know it's why just a random rich woman, there. random rich rich woman, random rich guy, and they're yeah. literally making out and like declothing themselves. But she's and about to have sex in the living room when an entire <laughs> wall that points to the neighborhood is glass. Or and maybe this, it's an yes. office. Tony turns on it's Nicholas Cage and Angelina Jolie. Well, my problem too with the filming of this is it's like. We don't know this character. It's just some, like, random person, and she's so, like, um, exposed. Like, and they're they're trying to appeal to, like, this this uh, teenage audience just through this random yes. character. So it's just thrown in there for the 13-year-old boys that are, go see this movie. Very it's kind so. of like a softcore at this point, which yeah. is weird because it yes. almost seems like they filmed something else when they filmed the movie because they don't oh, say who I it is. Know. I don't know, but they don't say who it is. <laughs> they they don't know. We don't know who this person is. We really don't even know what car we're looking at at this point. We don't know why the car is only with this person at their home slash office. And everything about it looks like a cologne commercial. Oh, that's a good <laughs> comp. Good comp. <laughs> Which is a weird thing to do in the middle of a race car movie. But what's even weirder is how Nicolas Cage talks while they're hooking up <laughs> yeah. about car parts. Car parts. And he keeps backing away from kissing her to say car parts. I'm like, how is that turning you on? Nick Cage just saying <laughs> well, random I, words. Did you notice have... like it was really odd because she was trying to get over the gear shift? Oh, so weird. Yes. And, so and he, have... was like, he was like, you got to be careful with the gear shift. Like, it I could have the lines something. right now. I no, have oh, the you lines. Do. Oh, right. oh, he beautiful. does. He, does. he says, beautiful. he says, so there's something like, oh, they're having sex while something, something, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Nicolas Cage says, 
I think it's Nicholas. It could be Angelina Jolie. I don't know. Someone says, how about having sex while boosting cars? Yeah. And oh, then that's uh, that's <laughs> Angelina Jolie is like trying to get over the gear shift. And then she's like, well, the problem is, how do you get over the shifter? And then Nicholas Cage says, yeah, yeah, right, right. Because you wouldn't want to disrupt the, the uh, synchro mesh, right? Or the <laughs> throttle linkage. And then... Angelina says, Angelina Jolie, like, wants to stop. Okay, this gets really fucking weird. She wants to stop, and she wants to just steal the car and go back into, like, this whole heist thing. And then he says, no, uh, wait, 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 just straight inline sex. Triple Weber carburetors bolted to each other's body structures. What does that uh, even mean? It's just so weird. Because it's also, <laughs> like, she's trying to stop. She's trying to stop, and then he's like... Just no, no, we're not stopping. Just straight yeah. inline sex it gets like really Ugh. rapey vibes. Ugh. Yes, it's very it's... forced, and it also like it makes her character look like a dumb idiot. Yeah, a dumb idiot that goes back <laughs> to him again after yeah. that. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, we cut to Michael Pena <laughs> being super offensive. So yes. they're walking the dog, and then and a, a Mexican gang pooping. shows up in a lowrider, and they're like, "Why are you on my block?" Oh, and he's racist. like, "He's like, I'm just walking the dog," and and he's like, "Why? You want a problem?" And he's like, "Well, no, I I work down here. My dog needs to go out." And he's like, "Cool. So you want your ass kicked?" And he's like. I don't know how to have this conversation, probably because I'm high right now, but I don't know. And it's just like a stoner thing, right? It's like they're two idiots or two very, very high people. I can't really tell. It seems like Freb and whatever his face are are just high throughout the entire movie. But they, <laughs> yeah. they, they're, they're like, I don't want violence. Like they're like, I really, really, really just want my dog to take a shit. So if you could just let me do that, that'd be awesome. And, and then they he take takes it like the offensively. Shit. Yeah, he, and then the dog, the, and then the takes dog has the to shit. Go. And what drives these people away is that Freb <laughs> goes through the dog <laughs> shit, the and he's like playing with it. And then the guy's like, "Ew, you you get your jimmies off by playing with dog shit? What type of person are you?" And then that's what drives them away. Yeah. Well, and, and let's not even. I mean, we could we could really talk about it, but like, let's talk about like just briefly how offensive that comment is. Like, yeah, the guy is clearly getting something out of dog shit, which would have been, again, hilarious to actually see. But, um, you know, it's like he pulls these keys out and the response is to sexually belittle the person <laughs> trying to get this thing out of this dog shit for no other reason than to do it, which is weird because we just came out of a hyper-sexualized situation that was kind of rapey and a little forced. Well, it just and, goes back and forth between these, like, hyper-sexualized scenes and also racism, and that's all yes, this movie is. It's all. just back and forth <laughs> the entire time till it ends. And it's, again, yes. sexual at the very, very end when it cuts to black. He's sexual again to this car. That's oh, all this movie is. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and he loves that it's rusty. <laughs> All right, so, so so we get the keys, and then what happens? We go, I'm like that. This part of the movie is always hazy to me because I really yeah. don't understand. <laughs> all it is slur. Sphinx and Mirror Man, and they uh. got into the impound, and they're stealing like some Hummer, right? They're stealing some Hummer, <laughs> and the license <laughs> plate says snake. Yeah, snake. And there's a snake in the car. Which why would there be a why snake would you leave it in, in a car? car? It's left in the car and it's like impounded, right? And like these cops are like, oh, let's go into the impound. We just want to check it out because there's car thieves. No, and no, then, no. It's uh, it's literally a parking garage. This guy just parked his car. They went in, okay. and they uh -huh. went to go do this. 
So he just takes uh, his oh, snake no, no, no. everywhere. Actually, actually, I think it was the impound because they just like drove up and they were like, hey, we're cops. We're looking at this. And then yeah. the guy was like, okay. No, actually, so, it, was a, it was a parking garage though because it had the – like I don't think it was an impound. I thought it was just parking No, I, I yeah, I think it's a parking, parking garage and they showed up and they said they were cops. And, and he was just like whatever because like they didn't even need to – oh, so they wouldn't have to pay probably yes. to get in. Okay. okay, so they're driving around. Sphinx is driving this SUV and there's a snake in the car. And before that, another racist joke yeah. is uh, – Mirror Man says that he's going to play some music for Sphinx, and he says, it's a little bit different than that cracker shit you're used to be playing. Yeah, that's so bad. <laughs> and then they drive away, they drive away in the Hummer, and there's a snake in the car, and it's crawling up into Mirror Man. And then he says, this snake is crawling up my ass. It's up my ass. This snake's going to swallow my shit whole, man. <laughs> And during this entire time, Sphinx, <laughs> this gets into a problem that I don't understand with these stolen cars. Is Does it matter if the stolen car is, like, damaged or not? Because he slams it across the wall, and he slams it against the cop car, and he's, like, driving around and trashing this car. But Let's... it still counts as a car that they get. <laughs> but at the well, end of the movie, yeah, Eleanor is yes. trashed, and yes. they don't want Eleanor. But also in the beginning of the movie... Kib drives a Porsche through a window, damaging the car. And, like, it doesn't matter. So does it matter or not? Does it, well, it let's, damage let's, matter or not? Let's get to the end of the movie before we decide whether it matters or not. Okay, because there, there, there are some very interesting things that happen at the end that also make no sense. But in a weird way, they tried to acknowledge that it doesn't make sense so that it would be more digestible. But it's not. So we can we can go through that when we get there. But the snake thing is ridiculous for a number of reasons because it's a green Hummer with a boa constrictor in it. Not not anything smaller. It's a boa constrictor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but when at what at what point does um does it matter that it's stupid? You know what I mean? Like. The name like the snake is on the license plate, oh, and yeah. then and then the you joke. always think like it's yes, it's like is the guy's name Snake? Is that his nickname? I don't know. I don't care. And then, but there's an actual. <laughs> but, I so really this, don't even. So so here's the most important question of of Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> Does that snake own that car? And is he actually <laughs> the person Sentient. who's registered on the insurance? <laughs> Yeah, when he's stupid. when he's crawling up his ass, he's trying to defend them from stealing also, his car. Also, this guy is like saying he's crawling up his ass, right? And like, I don't know about you, but like, he's like kind of freaking out, like making these bad jokes. I would flip shit if there's a snake going up my leg. I'm also like afraid of snakes. I'd probably just jump right out of the fucking car if a snake was crawling up my leg towards my butthole. And I would just fucking and, 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 and might swallow my feces. <laughs> the problem, the problem with that is the way that it was shot. The snake was just like in between his legs, and it wasn't even like going anywhere yet. It was just in between his legs, and it was there. And then they cut <laughs> to like him freaking out without like the snake in there because they're not gonna film him freaking out with a snake in there. But when they do show the snake, he's just sitting in there, and it's just in between his legs. <laughs> Yeah, that's not doing anything. Yeah, and and there's also a very um, racial thing that happens next, either before or after, um, in the same sequence when they pull the little Wayne deal and they go like all whimsical and wacky. When the guys like they take the black character, make him dress up like a weird pimp, 
and then go to the person at the lot, probably the impound at that point. Yes, this one he, was the impound. Yes, and then he makes a doll dance, says some says, racist shit about himself. Oh, that was terrible. So he's dressed up as a pimp. He walks yeah. up, and then he's like talking to the. He's trying to distract the security guy at the impound right, so they can right. steal the cars. And he's like, uh, "My Volvo's in here. I know it is." And he's like, "There's no Volvo in here." And he keeps talking about the Volvo. And then he runs out of things to distract him with. So he pulls out a black Barbie doll and he starts singing She's a Brick House to distract him from looking at the monitor. (laughs) Show that they're stealing the car. It's, it's so, so offensive. Bad. It's, it's so, so offensive. Bad. All of it. How did they get away with any of this? <laughs> I, don't I don't understand know. how this is even a movie. Also, what at what point do we all just come to a consensus on the meaning of the title of the film Gone in 60 Seconds? I don't understand. It doesn't apply to anything in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there is time related in the movie, but it's never related to 60, 60 seconds. seconds. Never. And they never, it's not even a tagline like Memphis Reigns was beautiful at his job because he could do it in 60 seconds. Yeah. It's not that. <laughs> it doesn't ever do it in 60 seconds. Nobody ever does like anything in 60 seconds. gone in 24 seconds. hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, wait, hold on. Real quick, I found out another behind the scenes fact. In Greek, when this movie was shown in countries that, that showed, the, showed the film in, in, with the Greek language subtitles and the voiceover, mm-hmm. it was actually translated to come in 60 seconds. Like oh. what he's going to do in his car, am I right? Interesting. Exactly. <laughs> those uh, mattress stains. Like those it's, it's a stain-inducing event. <laughs> what did you guys think about the scene where Kib and the boxer-looking guy, I don't remember his name, and mm-hmm. the computer hacker guy go and steal some random trash-ass SUV. Yeah. Like, why this did that need to be stolen? This is my favorite part of that sequence. They this is the part from... I didn't want to bring up out of sequence because I didn't want to ruin it. They steal some stupid trash SUV, and <laughs> the hacker guy looks at a girl straight in her face, and she's like, that's stupid power! <laughs> and he gets in the SUV, and they're driving away, and a cop follows them because they're driving too fast. And there's a blockade down the road, and the cop shoots into the car and hits the computer nerd. Oh guy. my god, no. why would they just shoot? <laughs> why would they just randomly shoot into the car? Also, we're forgetting a bit of important pretext Let's for this it. moment. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, there is a character who's a dumb idiot, just flat out. (laughs) He's not smart. He's actually, they've asked why he's on the crew many times. He sneaks along on this trip and he's not supposed to. So we've had Fred steal a car that doesn't, it's not even on the list. He just dipped and did whatever he wanted and it was filled with heroin. And then we have this character who's not Fred and he gets in the car, he hides until they get to the point where they're stealing the car and then he does nothing but be a fucking problem and he is the guy who gets shot you know what also doesn't make sense so he can hack the mainframe and know like (laughs) change the vin number and know the addresses for cars and look up license plates numbers but then donnie later goes to the dmv and pays this chick a hundred bucks for the addresses of 20 cars (laughs) and then and then he does the most stereotypical black thing which is penny pinch Yes, and this is also when they when he walks by the reoccurring Asian woman joke, and they're like, "I'm sorry, you failed the test. You got five questions wrong." And then she's like, "Why? <laughs> I thought you're supposed to speed up when you get tailgated." Shut up, movie. 
she disappears bad. just to be rehashed in passing when ironically and also impossibly the same character is at the DMV at the same time passing her in the same line a window next to her so it serves yeah. the purpose solely of just berating and terrorizing minorities that's it that's all it does and, the, it. And, the, yeah, and then the black it. man is like Oh my god, I can't pay for that. I'm not going to be stiffed. I'm not going to put my money there. Like, mm-hmm. could you be more annoying? You 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 have to understand that like that's super, all these things are just so <laughs> offensive because they paint such a bad picture as yes. a whole of yes, people do. that are struggling and, you know, like seriously uh, suppressed oppressed and um, you know, like marginalized. And it's like I know that's like a real uh, almost like political topic, but like, how, even though it I mean, shouldn't I mean, be a political you, topic, it shouldn't yeah. be. It should be a normal thing to talk about, and it, it is becoming something normal to talk about. But when you look at it, and then you realize, like, this is what people thought of minorities. Like, this is this the yes. reason this got made is because nobody saw anything wrong with it. Wrong with any of it, which is insane. Which is insane. Like, it should be like a human rights issue, like just a human rights issue that everyone experience like everyone should know yes. about and that people yes. experience and, and so we're, we're back to the movie and these characters are stealing this thing and this guy is acting like a stereotypical almost cartoonish black pimp singing brick house with a black barbie oh, doll God. to a white man who yeah. is telling him i'm sorry i'm not trying to be offensive but your car's not here yes mm. and then they steal a car and then what happens next, my friends? <laughs> okay, I would just want to add that it's, yeah. like, problematic. Like, racism in movies is problematic because, like you said, it, like, grossed $100 million or whatever. Like, <laughs> clearly a lot of people saw it. Clearly a lot of, like, kids saw it and are influenced by it in some way. And so when you have these things in movies, in mainstream mm-hmm. media, it is a problem. And it, like, magnifies it, and it makes it seem okay. And that's why when we talked about the B-movie especially, like, the racist things in the B-movie is even, like, it's horrible because it's geared towards kids. kids. And this is a PG-13 movie, movie too, so it's for teenagers. toward teenagers. Who are going to be the worst about it, too. And actually, or maybe not the worst, but they're going to always, they're going to say shit at school like this because they're seeing it in a movie. Of course. And they they don't know. And they don't know. Because the movie's telling you it's fine. (laughs) Well, the problem is they know it's wrong, but they want to be edgy. They want to be cool, and they think it's funny. But but also this movie portrays it like it's not a bad thing. So do they know if it's wrong? Do they know if it's edgy, or do they just think that's the way it is? I think they think it's edgy. I think they think it's edgy, but at the core of it, it's not wrong. Like, it's not a bad thing. They're like, oh, it's like funny, and it's just a joke. But it's not really a bad thing, because this movie's portraying it as not a bad thing. What would be edgy, what would make it edgy and relevant and purposeful is if they used all the stereotypes to show people how fucked up it is, but instead they use it to actually enable and further justify. It's like an actual joke. Yeah. Like, it's, it's an actual joke. An it's actual not like, joke. yeah, it's not like you see these characters who are black being, you know, treated as, you know, characteristically it's black. It's not satirical. It's not like... A metaphor mm-hmm. for anything it's just like them trying to do that as an actual joke exactly which is like kind of horrifying it's very horrifying. It's very horrifying it, well i yeah i didn't want to be dramatic to no anybody, it's horrible it's, it's bad it's it's, it's really massively bad. terrifying and haunting the fact that these things were actually things that like i cheered on as a kid 
because my family watched these kinds of movies all the time. And I was a Nick Cage fan. I, I, I mean, I con air. I mean, give me a fucking <laughs> like that shit was normal for me. And this con movie air. was a normal thing for me. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, I don't know where I got lucky, but I, I ended up on the right track and like actually speaking out against these things. And it's like we're like doing a, right now, but it's like a don't. thin line on which road you can go on. Yeah. Like it's very people, thin. It's very when it's in the media balls. from when you're a kid, you, you could just be influenced completely by it or like stuff and then you like could almost have like a nostalgic factor linked to it. Like yeah. maybe you love this movie because yeah. it's so nostalgic to you and like you see the racist things in it, but you're so nostalgic about it because it was a part it. of your childhood yeah. that you just like don't care about it. And then therefore you can't care about these other race issues. Jerry like, yes. Bruckheimer said this was cool. Oh my god! Yeah. Somebody who grossed over eighty-three million dollars in personal net worth, he made a he made a uh, you know a empire off of racial discrimination and uh, sexual objectification of people. It's weird. It's weird. Terrible. Yeah, and it's also like when you're not one of these marginalized group, you're never gonna really know how it feels to be this marginalized group. So like you watch these things that enable it and you're like, Oh, so it's fine. Even though like you have no idea what the experience actually oh, is. I, I had no idea yeah. until I met people when I was older, like in college, outside of college where I was like, Oh, I, I understand now because most of my friends are like this and I have the ability to experience, you know, that life. Like I have a lot of friends who are, you know, of color or min- a minority in general. And it's like, it's horrifying. Like I will straight up see people be racist just yeah. because the name is like, Hernandez or whatever and they're just like yeah we're not going to treat you or we're not going to let yeah. you do this or we're not going to return your phone call and it's like uh-huh. you don't even take the t- like the time to get to know the person because you already assume they're not a person and it's like enabled by even like just these small things in movies it, it's it's that was yeah exactly majorly enabled by movies like these which is unfortunately all of my childhood all of our childhood <laughs> well <laughs> hey I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that it's like turning a different tide though there's a lot of like in the media now like with certain like a lot of the movies coming out it's talking about these issues oh and huge that, changes and yeah. so that's yeah. good for future generations i even um, think like movies like soul that we covered on the podcast where it doesn't even delve into like the african-american experience like it doesn't delve into like what it's like to be black but here's a snippet of a black person's life even yeah. those help because it's not like overtly in your face like look this is this is this and you have to learn about it and this is blah 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 it's just showing you an experience and like normalizing it and showing it to different types of people who might not know what it's like exactly exactly right and if you don't have that that context to back it up it doesn't matter whether you're trying to do good things or not because nobody's going to know how to interpret it Mm -hmm. right and so even if even if they made a movie that was purposefully disparaging and they were like, this is supposed to be bad, so it enlightens people. It's like, yeah, but you, there's no indication here that I should be enlightened about any of this. <laughs> yeah, unless there's like bold specific text in the beginning like Star Wars. Like, hey, yeah. this is satirical and this is actually what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is it comes off as almost like a Mel Gibson film. I, I'm not saying Mel Gibson's anywhere in this league. He's actually a phenomenal person and his movies mm-hmm. are actually – they they, they – do exactly what we're talking about and and he makes it clear but 
you know, with that being said, this film is almost like a slapstick Mel Gibson satirical comedy that Wait. doesn't even know it is. It's not it's satirical. An accident. And, yeah, it's on yeah. accident. Which doesn't make it a satirical that comedy. Doesn't because it doesn't have the purpose behind it. <laughs> no. Um, Wait, okay. Do you mean, do you yeah. mean Mel Brooks? Because I think you said Mel Gibson. Gibson. Oh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Yeah. I'm sorry. You said okay. Mel Gibson. So is sorry. Good. sorry. Well, Mel Gibson is. You would have gotten some of the. You would have gotten uh, some hate mail for that one, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Mel, Mel Gibson has made some really truly jaw dropping movies, but he's a piece of shit. So no, I'm not talking about, okay. about Mel Brooks. I'm about that. You guy. guys want to get yeah. back into the final scene of the movie where Memphis steals Eleanor. Eleanor. Uh, yeah. He's driving around. So this entire, like, oh, escaping real quick, the cops. Real quick. Um, I just wanted to point out that, like, all the shots of the city are so yellow saturated. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so bad. And, there's also this, and his last scene has so many Dutch angles. I thought I was watching Thor. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Okay. So, so Memphis escaping the, like, police. It's, like, just, like, deus ex machina everywhere like a semi comes out of nowhere and it blocks the cops and he gets away twice or a bus, well, a well, bus. Well, let's, no let's the second time was before. a bus barrels into a cop car a let, bus let's, literally let's, just barrels into the cop car we need to let people know how specifically ridiculous this entire sequence is so we need to go back to the beginning before he steals the car he's okay. still with sway yeah and then he gets out of the car they make weird eye contact that kind of implies they're on the same page but they're not she is his decoy, so she's supposed to protect him through this entire thing. She's supposed to create interference for the cops, and he's supposed to steal the car. And then he gets the car. He has like a sexual interaction with it, and then they're <laughs> Which is- off through the city because they're being chased immediately. Yeah, and this is also the only time during this entire heist, like, by the way, they stole 49 other cars in a different way, where he's the only person in the stolen car. Yes. Because every other time, it was just they would just both yeah. go in the stolen car and just leave their car there or something. Oh, God. But this is the first time that he's in the car by himself. Do they, and then I just realized when uh, Kit got caught and they went through the uh, residential area, he literally left his car. Yeah. They yeah. all got in the car they were stealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got right. shot and then they left. Oh, my yes. God. So, so stupid. Yeah, and then the guy gets out and he goes, oh, oh my god, it hurts. And, and they're, like, they're, like, they're like, why did you come with? And he's like, I, I, I just wanted to feel involved. And they're like, you're literally the computer hacker. You're not you're involved. still he's doing like, something, you dumb shit. He's like, I just wanted to know what it was like to be on a heist. So you didn't tell anybody and then you got shot and then now you're complaining about being shot. And so everything's falling apart at this point. And they've gotten most of the cars. But there's some damage to a lot of the cars. And then um, Memphis is literally trying to steal the last car, which has been this entire time kind of like a shade on the entire thing. They're like, yeah, no, only bad things happen with Eleanor. When he tries to steal like this car, like this yeah. Shelby, like this specific yeah. year Shelby yes. or something. Then why yeah. did you save it to steal it during the day when uh, everybody can see you? <laughs> well, it's also – he, I feel he like was so it, predictable it, that the cop was able to be like, he'd leave it for the last one. Like, yeah, if you're that say, fucking predictable, dude, you suck. <laughs> if it's the hardest car to steal, how about you steal it at the beginning to see <laughs> if you can even get it? Because yeah. after you steal it in the beginning, you're like, okay, the rest of this is doable. But instead, you choose to do 49 doable cars and then choose the impossible one for the last one? Yes, and then choose to have your interference come straight out of a minivan. 
Yeah, she's driving <laughs> a minivan, and she like helps block off like two cars. She blocks off two cops' car, but as we know later on in the scene, that a semi and a bus takes out two cop cars, and then a propane tank takes out three. Uh, so she yes, helped yes. him Fuck less. Yes, she helped him <laughs> less than some random goddamn propane tank. So, so the, this entire three this entire scene is set up to show that they have emotional bonding again, that they're really on the mend, but also to put on this like homoerotic. Uh, the one who got away cop versus criminal arc that seemingly was coming to a head the entire time. And it basically comes down to Memphis stealing the car, abandoning his girlfriend or his almost girlfriend Mm -hmm. for a dangerous high speed car chase through a metropolitan downtown LA area, neck to neck with detective Drykoff and Castlebeck (laughs) in the same car. Yeah. And the entire time, Castlebeck is like, that motherfucker. Oh, my God. I can't wait to get my fucking nuts <laughs> off to it. I'm going to find him. I'm going to find him. And I'm going to have so much sex with him. And it's like, I'm not even, I'm not even being, like, homophobic or anything. I'm just saying it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying, like, it's too charged and there's no payoff. And it's very, it makes very little sense when you find out what happens at the end of the movie. I- also want to add that when they're driving around in the city, there's like certain scenes where it's shot really poorly to where you could see like just bystanders and extras like in the cars and they're going like three miles per hour so that these cars can come by in like 20 miles per hour and look yes. quote unquote well, fast. How fast. else How else would he be driving that fast backwards and giving thumbs up to kids in cars? <laughs> yes. That's true. Inspirational. Like, it's like fine when like action movies do that because that's kind of what they have to do but you have to shoot it in a certain way so it doesn't like take you yeah, out yeah it has to be there's there's a scene where he's a shot where he's like ripping around a corner and it it's very clear he's going like no more than 15 miles an hour <laughs> and yeah. the, the people inside the cars when they pan in and it's Nicolas Cage and then it's both the detectives and like they'll go around a turn and it's obvious that nothing's happening because they're just sitting in the car like eh, and they're like barely swayed where like they should actually be like and like they like get pushed to the side <laughs> of the car as they're like actually yeah. driving this fast but they're just like hum da dum da dum okay yeah. we're taking a ride oh, okay we're taking a ride yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well also a, a, there's a big problem with the last chase sequence because one it takes forever I think it's forever. about an hour forever long. and <laughs> it's forever. Um, it's got so many weird shots and so many good shots but also so many weird shots and it's specifically designed to further disorient you because the, you you realize that the entire time this film's been going on, they've been lying to you about the geography of California. Now, for somebody <laughs> like me, who has lived in California and been around that area, everything they're doing makes no sense. It's not geographically sound. It's literally them saying random shit and then just tying together like landmarks <laughs> as if people watching it don't know that those landmarks are impossibly far apart. Like he, wa- he drives into the canal and yeah. he drives that canal. Really cool scene, right? It's a cool shot. But then he ends up on the bridge, which is in San Pedro, not LA. Now, uh-huh. I don't know if you know this, but LA and San Pedro are not connected. They are at least 30 miles apart. 
Well, maybe he made it there in 60 seconds, and that's where maybe. the title came from. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone, and then he was I done in 60 seconds. tell you this, that from L.A. to San Pedro, it would take you about 50 minutes of driving. <laughs> yes, it would take an hour. It would be You'd be backed up no matter where you went. Especially with the traffic, difficult. it'd be at yes. least an hour. If you've ever been in downtown L.A., you know that not only is this scene totally ridiculous and everybody should be fired permanently from their jobs, but <laughs> that also it's impossible to drive that speed in downtown L.A. It's impossible for you to get down into that canal like that. It's impossible for the cops to do any of the things that they were doing. They literally – my favorite part of that entire sequence is when he's in the canal and the Fuck helicopter yes. – Fuck literally yes. tries to land on top of the car. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets away because this civilian car that they're stealing is equipped with nitrous. Fuck yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. And you're telling me that Fast and Furious didn't steal from this movie? You're fucking liars. You're all liars. Let me but count you know the what? deus ex machinas. Let me count them. Because you have yes, semi. Yes. You have yes. bus ex machina. Yes. You have propane tank ex machina you yeah. have a crane a crane with a wrecking ball that's about yep. to destroy that, a that wall would kill the and guy. the cop cars that the kill cop the car guy. drives right at the perfect time to where the wrecking ball destroys the car and, and the throws cop it is completely fine throws it through a wall and the cop inside it is completely fine and then you have nitrous deus ex Fuck machina yes. and nitrous. the best one the sixth deus ex machina is the Bridge is backed up because yes. there's an accident. Yes, but there's a car yes. and but the back a, of the yes. truck yes. is but a ramp. A, oh my god! Yeah, no but ramp, but, but he has enough ramp time. Wrapped. He has enough. There's enough space in between where he is, and no car. Every car is in the right lane, so then yeah. he can speed up fast enough to jump everyone. But there's but no actually, cones it, or anything. No, there. I think there are cones because they. Are they, there? they Yeah, he like ran them over. But the thing is, is like it. Here's here's so even that, even if that's not true, whatever, fine. But you're trying to point. tell me, you're trying to tell me that the tow truck happened to be there, and it yeah. happened to be set up like a ramp. <laughs> it was angled completely fine, to where if he took this angle, he would shoot past the entire blockade of cars and go completely over the top of him and be free you know what i actually thought was gonna happen is that he was just gonna take the ramp and get into the other lane like he would be driving on the wrong side of the road i thought he'd just take it and it'd be a little hop and he could drive on the wrong side of the road down the bridge and then get back normally but he actually just jumps over <laughs> the entire yes. like practically oh, the yes. entire bridge over all the cars that are causing this Which blockade that is actually a smart way to do it because ideally if there's a big car accident on a two-lane bridge suspended 100 feet over the water, <laughs> they're probably not going to let cars in from the opposite direction. So why not make the little bunny hop yeah. and then do that? No, no, sure. no. What happens is Detective <laughs> Drykoff and Detective Kesselback, they all show up and they stop. They don't pull their guns for the first time. They don't. Yeah, they already crash like, into we already see for the cops first shooting time. random like into just, a car. Just That's shooting what I randos. Thought. <laughs> and they stop and they look at them and they're like, "Oh yeah, we really got them." And I understand yeah, why they wouldn't com compute like, "Oh, this is Fast and the Furious because it didn't exist yet." But uh, the thing that happens is mm. the guy gets back in his car. And by the guy, I mean Memphis Reigns. Gets in his car and then he backs up so he can get a good runway. 
And yeah, he drives up there, and then he starts to back up. And, and we don't even need to even touch on the technical difficulties here concerning the fact that he just blasted that fucking car into millions of pieces. He just smashed into a hundred things. He just broke every yes, axle yes. on that car because when he's been it landed, sliding it through LA. It slammed <laughs> across the ground. It, it slammed. Well, even before that, slammed. right? It shouldn't even be running. But he thinks for some reason that he doesn't need an alignment. He doesn't need to check tire pressure. He doesn't need to make sure that his engine doesn't have a hole in it. He doesn't need to do any of this, that he can back up, drive his car apparently dead straight as fast as possible <laughs> with, with no nitrous, jump an entire police blockade, including an ambulance, which he tags on the way down, smash yeah. that motherfucker on the ground, not lose a single car part, drive it all the way over to uh, Kalitri, yeah, and then go, here's your car. <laughs> yeah. I and also then, want and to then add... think it's fine. And then just be, be you're going to be confused why uh, Kalitri's not okay it. with it. <laughs> I also want to add, I want to add that he broke one of the side mirrors backing up beforehand. In the slowest possible way. The, the slowest, slowest way yes. he possibly could. He's just he sitting in the alley. It. And then in the very next scene, it's fixed as he's running away from the cops. <laughs> yes. In the very next scene, it's I, completely fixed. I, I a, didn't even notice I that. have a fun fact with Mark that um, the apparently the last chase scene was largely improvised, which is, you know, the best way to film a chase scene. But, <laughs> but you could tell that they just wanted this ramp scene and everything else was just like filler to get to this point. Yes. It all he, makes sense. Well, he takes the car back to the docks and they're like, Oh, you're late. We're not taking any more. And then he takes it to Kalitri. And then he's complaining to Kalitri. He's like, I'm only 12 minutes late. You're really going to bust my balls on 12 minutes? And then Kalitri says, the car's fucking fucked, bro. Look at it. He's like, like, I didn't hire you to get half a fucking car, dude. And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, but it's still here. And you're like, wait, I don't understand where the – because the whole point was that he was like, you have four days to do this. Uh, You have to do it exactly perfectly but now you he didn't even you know it's very gracious of Kalitri to not do this because he didn't even bring up the fact that at least three of those cars had bullet holes in them or either (laughs) smashed up I think one of the grills for one of the cars was like ripped off completely yeah and you know what and you know what Nicolas Cage says he's like oh we'll take like 80 grand a fix so just take the 80 grand out of the 200,000 you were gonna pay me if that actually happened, he would be left with 120000 And then he still has to split this 10 ways. And each person gets $1,200 for pulling <laughs> off this 50-car heist? Dude, he didn't even consult his team. No. He said, fuck but, all that noise. But, I'm not paying get, anybody. You get one <laughs> stimulus check worth of money for stealing 50 <laughs> high-end cars? <laughs> <laughs> It's we, even first wave. <laughs> we get Dude, to the that's... best, my favorite line in the movie, where he says that he'll just kill um, Memphis because killing one is, like, good enough. And he says, it never rains, it pours. Yes. That's God. my favorite oh, yeah. line in the movie. I have that, that, no, that I bumped have up that my score a, a whole star. That <laughs> was that incredible. As one of my pros. I have that, that under my pros. So fucking good. <laughs> so and, and, and guys, and guys, did you know that we're not even done with the movie? Oh, shit. <laughs> You still have it. Well, yeah, still have a foot chase and a gunfight to get through. Is it because Nick Cage is a little wired? I'm a little wired. <laughs> I'm a little wired. If you right could just here. chill for a second, I I've been through a lot. Point. He says, 
I'm a little tired, I'm a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. <laughs> and again, again, guys, when, when he lands the car, he lands it, and he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I did it. And then he's like wobbling this car that's all fucked up. It's like, and then he gets mad. Oh, this movie's great. This movie's great from it. this point on. <laughs> I loved it when Kalitri's like a woodworker or something, and he's like so obsessed where with the wood. Yeah, where did that come I don't from? understand it, but like he pulls a knife on Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage picks up one of his like woodwork projects, and then he's like, "Oh, no, you're not, not gonna, no, you're not, not gonna attack one. me." Uh, and then he's like, "No, that's my wood project." Uh, well, and then well, he like breaks it, and he's like, "Ah." Oh, well, let's 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 examine why that was so painful for for Kalichi because I think we des- I think he deserves a little bit of attention since we haven't talked about him at all because he hasn't been in the movie. So he's <laughs> he's an immigrant from a different country who hates. I'm assuming this Irish or Scottish. I, I would assume so accent. too. Yeah, and and he's stealing cars because he's an internationally renowned psychopath, and <laughs> he for some reason. Decided to trust an idiot, a blatant, <laughs> foolhardy dumbass, to get fifty cars that are all exotic cars. Except for that one. Except garage. for the one yeah. SUV. <laughs> except for the one Hummer, and the and the whatever they got in the residential er- area, and he entrusted it to someone who had some street cred. But he's also mm-hmm. dealing with South a- American like drug dealers or something that he just. He knows that if he can't sell to them, he'll never be able to sell again. It's like a life-changing, career-changing moment. And he entrusted hmm. Kip. Of all <laughs> he people. entrusted Kip just Kip. because he was Memphis's brother. <laughs> yes, which yep. makes no sense. Because Kip, because Memphis has been gone for like ever. Six years or something. Yeah, so why would he just assume that Kip had the same <laughs> capabilities? Well, and, and, and then everybody in the movie is like, including Atlee, is just like, yeah, man, he just showed up in Long Beach and he's just a piece of shit. And everybody's like, <laughs> oh, cool. And they're like, they're like, yeah, I guess we'll just do what he says because he offers good money. But it seems like they could do all of this anyways and make good money anyways. So why are they doing it for him? You know, this guy, he has this fetish for furniture that he said, he says this specifically, that watching a piece of furniture built is like watching a child grow. Yes. <laughs> what? Yes, he also in the beginning says- of the movie. He also says that metal is ugly and wood is beautiful and it's from nature. Yes, and then he says that he builds his own furniture and then in order to threaten Memphis Randall Rains into coming out of retirement, he shows him the coffin he hand-built and spent countless hours yeah. on for Kip. <laughs> for yeah. Kip. yeah, he, well, he like had only baller move. <laughs> he had only known that Kip failed for like what a couple days and then he has yeah, built an so, entire so That's why we haven't seen him in this whole movie. <laughs> nationally, internationally renowned psychopath. Okay, he had a he had he hand built a, a a wood coffin for the sake of having one around in case somebody pissed him off. Let's just say that. And then for this entire movie, he's just been waiting, I guess, and not chiming in and <laughs> not, not trying anything. to get anything figured out because it's everybody else's problem but his, except for it's literally his problem. And <laughs> then at the end, he's like, I will not give you any leeway. I will not help you. I do not have any sympathy for you. And then Nick Cage, the asshole that he is, smashes one of his children. 
<laughs> so so that, that was, that's where I was going with this, is that he watched Nick Cage murder a child of his, and therefore a foot race and a gunfight ensue, and, and somehow Detective... Ensue. Well, they, they were also shows up again. They were also yes, the cops gone. <laughs> the cops were told not to interfere, but he again does something he like what he's not supposed to, and yes. he interferes anyway. And that's uh, what's his name Beck, but Castle Back, Castle Back. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> it's just again being an idiot. And then from this point on, the whole movie feels like. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia's Lethal Weapon <laughs> Five. Nice. nice. I have thought that the whole time. This is amazing. <laughs> From this point on, it just seems like a parody of some other action movie. It really does. It's bad. Nicholas Cage oh, uh, falls we... through like metal grating and he's hanging from like a bridge from like a catwalk, <laughs> and Kalitri walks up right to his fingers and doesn't see him. Yeah, doesn't even notice that does the floor panel's him. gone. Doesn't yeah. even notice it. And then Castlebeck does something that distracts him. Like he like bumps into a metal thing. And then right. Guys, guys, we, we forgot again one of the most important parts of the movie. Unicorn. So Unicorn. So <laughs> so what happens is Nick Cage, he's like, I'm going to kill you because it's just easier. Because somehow 50 cars is the same as one life. Specifically because I couldn't do the job myself. And even though you did the job kind of half-assed um, – it doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to kill you. And mm-hmm. he takes him in a similar fashion to the junkyard as, you know, the same kind of situation as Kip. And he walks him up and he's got him at gunpoint and he's like, we're going to kill you, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And Nick Cage looks up and they're taking the Shelby in the air with the crane. And he looks up and he goes, unicorn. Fuck <laughs> yes, dude. Fuck yes. This is yeah. these these are the moments that make my two point nine rating. Because you have a, all this horrible ass <laughs> sexual racist movie, and then you get these amazing parts with unicorns <laughs> and Khaleesi saying shit like uh, or Khali- what's his name? Um, <laughs> How great would it be at the end of this movie? He's about, he's, he's about to kill Memphis, and he's like, "I am the breaker of chains. I am the mother of dragons." Or like when Memphis pushes him over, and he's like falling in that really bad green screen scene. A dragon just swoops up under him. <laughs> and then we get, we get the whole we get the whole mad tyrant arc for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's just it's just Khaleesi losing her goddamn mind. But it's yeah, on, on yeah. top of like a flying rocking chair, and then <laughs> he, he and then he goes on he goes on to find his nephew because he's horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All okay, right. so, so we got away so, from the point. So he, sees, he sees the car. <laughs> he sees the car, and he goes unicorn, and they're about to fucking gank him. And he's in this he's in this junkyard and there's fire spitting in the daytime and there's like all this detritus around and we're like we're of course we don't believe that he's gonna die because he's memphis randall fucking reigns and (laughs) (laughs) and all of a sudden a great like Atley comes out of nowhere and he starts monologuing for no reason. Yes. And then out of nowhere, the crane comes by and just fucking whacks shit. And it's, it's, it's who it's Kip. It's and they, Kip, it, it's, baby. It's, he's paying it back. And, yes. and they're looking at each other in the eyes and there's like this, like nod of agreement, like you're a man now. And then he, <laughs> he runs, he runs for his fucking life. And then they engage in a foot chase where the dumbest thing happens. So they're running in this facility above the office where we originally meet Khaleesi. 
<laughs> it's not gonna, I'm, not, I'm never, never going to change it. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, Castlebeck shows up. And, and he's so stupid that he actually almost kills himself. He almost kills uh, Kalitri. He almost kills Memphis multiple times because he's an idiot. And, and they're running around and, and they're literally shooting. Like Memphis doesn't have a gun. He's running. He's, he's in this industrial refinery area. And he's being chased by a madman with a gun. And on top of that, he's being chased by a detective who wants him, who also has a gun, and is literally just firing off. Randomly. He's just firing shots. Randomly. <laughs> just firing at these wrought iron pipes that are bigger than he is. And it's just like Memphis's luck that he's not getting his head blown off or a leg blown off. And it's just weird. <laughs> and then he's running. And in this weird, like, action thriller trope kind of fashion, the floor grate just disappears. <laughs> It doesn't fall out. It doesn't break. It just isn't there. Suddenly stops holding on, <laughs> and then he holds on to the the grate. By the way, ouch! <laughs> ouch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he just he just hangs there with yeah. no training. He's not a rock climber. He's kind of that we know like, of. He's kind of well. That's true. There could be bouldering on the weekends. <laughs> And, and he's just holding on to this metal grate where his fingers are, like, ripping off. And he's just holding on. And he's not heavy breathing. He's not sweating. He's not, oh, my God, this is so hard. I have to be quiet. Scary. Bad guy's coming up. Khaleesi doesn't even see the fact that the floor is missing. He doesn't even notice the fingers that he could just stomp on. And, ooh, divine intervention. Castlebeck does something useful. And he fires off at Khaleesi. Oh, fuck, I messed up. Khaleesi. And... <laughs> I messed up my own joke. I don't <laughs> of course, this <laughs> all happens in like the atypical, like the typical tropey, like yeah. final battle scene type of. Also, yes. like, when he falls, when he falls, it, I don't know if they're were they trying to do like a diehard homage thing. Probably, Maybe. it seemed like it, but it was so bad I couldn't tell. Uh, oh my god, guys! I know I why this movie doesn't credit. make any sense. I finally figured it out. Let's hear. It. It's actually a Christmas movie. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so, so we get uh, yeah. to this part where Castlebeck like gets his gun knocked away and Kalitri's holding him at gunpoint and Castlebeck says, "You don't want to kill me because I'm a police officer and your life will be over. Like the you'll get caught and your life will be over." <laughs> yes, and then yes. I love this line that Kalisi says back. He says, "No, you've got that the ro- wrong way around. If I kill you, your life is over." Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. That's such a kick-ass action line too. It's like so good. it almost redeems a lot of the horrible qualities. Like Mark said, it's but it like doesn't. you have it doesn't. It no, doesn't. no, no, no. I said almost yeah. in, a, in a weird, like almost, almost wish fulfillment fantasy kind of way. But it's not actually substance, and in and no this, way would it ever yeah. repay. No, no, no. I, I was what I was getting to was it's these stupid things that made it not yes. a zero out of ten movie. Yes. It's like yes. this is what brought it to a two point three. The Nicolas Cage, the uh, Kali Tree things, all of this How crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All this crazy shit is what makes it a 2.9, but only a 2.9. <laughs> and we get to Memphis knocking Khaleesi off, and he's just falling, like, ten stories to his death. But, like, it's so obvious that he's laying down on a green screen oh, yes. and just moving his arms and like legs. <laughs> Castlebeck says, like, a brother's love is a brother's love, and he lets him go away. Well, He's like, Memphis, I, leave. I, 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 I fucking hate this. I fucking hate this because, like, 
we don't know why Castleback hates him so much, like we were talking about, Jamie. That, like, yeah. we don't know his motivation. And if he's <laughs> after him this hardcore, this entire movie, why would he let him go? But that's why? what I'm saying. It's why? like, it's almost, I think it's because why? Memphis is Castlebeck's unicorn. Oh, that's, no. that's what I'm saying. It's a weird, homoerotic, unwarranted, totally without <laughs> foundation relationship that is the entire time he's married in an unhealthy relationship with his wife. His partner even feels the need to just blurt out your wife's a mean person. You should stop hanging yes. out with her. She's mean because he's in love with Memphis this whole time. She's mean because he spent his entire career chasing after a man he's been in love with and when he couldn't <laughs> mm-hmm. catch him and couldn't get one-on-one time with him, he victimized himself, criminalized both his wife, his career, and Memphis Reigns. And then when Memphis finally came back, he was like, this is my chance to get the one that got away. It's time to capture my unicorn. And so this entire time, he plays it out as like a, a hate fest where he's like, I hate this guy. This guy's stupid. But no, 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 no. He <laughs> admires and even reveres. He endears him. Oh, my God. Memphis, oh my God. Randall Reigns. Let him go Memphis, like in every movie. Memphis x Castlebeck. Memphilback. Memphilback. That is a relationship. (laughs) I I will tell you uh, 100% I don't ship it. And 100% I. Me neither. Think I would probably hate to ever see a couple. But how. how, I agree. How awesome would it be if it just cut and they were both having sex with a car? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a a three way. It's a three way. No, yes. no, it's a train. It's a train. I have it. I have it set up. He's having sex <laughs> with the car, and then behind him, boom! It's revealed. <laughs> Hasselbeck is right behind him too, and then he's like, "Oh yes, Memphis, I love you." <laughs> no, no, here, here, I, I want to put it really, really clear in your guys' minds. Okay, so so Memphis is on his knees. He's like half naked, and then you're, he's really in it. We got a close on it. We just see his face, and Nick Cage is doing his Nick Cage thing. And all of a sudden, a massive <laughs> hand climbs over his shoulder. And then, and then you find out that Castlebeck is back there. And it's just him, and he leans in, and he takes a bite of Nick Cage's neck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's over. And wait, and then, and then Castlebeck whispers into his ear, A brother's love is a brother's love. <laughs> and, then, and then Atlee's on the phone, and he's like, Hey, hey, are no, you, Memphis, are you there? Oh, you're busy. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he, and then he says, he and, and he the says, dog look at each other. He and the dog look at each other, and they're like, oh. And then Castleback oh. says into the phone, it never rains, it pours. <laughs> <laughs> if the movie ended this way, it would not be a two for me. <laughs> Holy shit, what a dream ending. I feel like that would almost make up for all of the weird racist sexual I don't know shit. if it makes up for racism <laughs> not, not racism but like there's got to be some kind of redeeming quality to it definitely bumps up the score a little bit it would definitely bump up both the score. of them you know it's like right. everything's equal we, we so. quickly through the ending we just get fast and furious barbecue scene <laughs> which is so it's so awkward because Memphis is just kissing, like, or making out with Sway in front of everybody. Yeah, like, everybody just to, like, does that. imply to the audience that, like, oh, yeah, they're together now. But, like, no one would actually do that. No, no. And no. then we have a Sphinx talk because that's, no one he saw that coming. finally talks. And he oh, says he's something. British. Yeah. And, and it turns out he's British. And he says and something he that's all, like, metaphor. Recites an yeah, eloquent blah, poem. Blah, 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 blah. blah. And then uh, it turns out that he got Eleanor. Someone got Kip, Eleanor for him. Kip, Kip got Eleanor for him. They get in it. Legally bought. 
El- yes. like a busted up mm, because he's Shelby. growing. He's growing. He's yeah, like a rusty busted up Shelby <laughs> to show for Memphis to thank him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the movie ends, and then it starts dying, and he says, "Don't do this to me." And then, <laughs> and then credits. And then credits. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You missed it. So uh, he he gets in the car. He doesn't take Sway with him. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's so it's Eleanor, but it's like a rusted out Eleanor. Yeah. That's so not it's not the, really uh, Eleanor. No, it's it's rusted out. It's not good. The engine's like barely okay. They didn't even apparently try to run the damn thing before they just <laughs> took yeah. the fucking cloth off of it. Uh-huh. But it's and, and all the upholstery is ruined. And and he's like, holy shit, this is the hottest fucking thing I've ever seen. And he climbs inside, and he's like, yeah, I basically he's like, I'm leaving, and I have no way of like telling you what i'm gonna go do he just doesn't say it he just goes and even though they're all eating <laughs> i have and, no intention of ever coming back <laughs> of ever coming back and he doesn't take sway with him even though he's flaunting her in front of everybody <laughs> and then he drives off after giving his brother a hug and then he the credits roll and then the car dies and then as comedic relief there's a voiceover of nick cage going ah oh, don't Come on, don't do this to me. <laughs> so not again. Well, he does he, te- he does take sway in the end. Like she jumps the through end. the window and they go together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't even invite her. <laughs> he wasn't like, "Hey babe, jump in the car. Let's go for a fucking ride." It was like, "Oh dude, this car's so sick. Uh this is the best Christmas present I've ever gotten." And I know the family came out to have this holiday with me, but uh peace y'all. And then he jumps <laughs> in the car and he's like, "Out." But she jumps in with him. And it's cute, but then again, she's following him. Yeah, I still, hate it. I hate it. it's horrible. It's terrible. He it's flaunts terrible. her, and then he, and then she just goes, "Well, Memphis, you're fucking, you're sick, dude. We're gonna, we're gonna go together. Even though I wasn't invited, <laughs> we're just gonna go together." <laughs> That's credits. a movie. That is gone. That is gone <laughs> in sixty seconds. Wow! What a, hey, what a ride! <laughs> nice one. All right, so I gave it a two. Two. Mark gave it a two point nine. Yeah. Luke, yeah. you gave it a one point seven. Okay, Jamie, what is your us, 13 out of 14 Eleanor's equate to? Translate on a scale it, of 1 tra- to 10. It, it, it pretty much translates to about 73 cents USD. And <laughs> also uh, probably on an IMDb 10-star sliding scale, it probably equates to like a 0. 0.3. <laughs> <laughs> 3. Actually... I think I actually gave it like a zero now because I've had a lot of talking about it, and it's it's a thoroughly disgusting. You would give it a zero. Film. You would zero. not give it the point zero. three. You, I, I th- would. Wait, wait, think about think about uh, some of the lines, Nick Cage lines. That, <laughs> think I think it that never gives rains it a point three. Pours. It never it rains. It never rains. It pours. It pours. Let's see. Okay. Well, so I'm keeping the percentage points like in the in the hundreds. So. Maybe or is that the wrong way of saying it? No, that's that? fine. That's I, fine. Uh, yeah, so, fine. so maybe it would be like point zero two nine three. Point zero two nine three. Okay. So that leaves us with an average score for two thousands <laughs> gone in sixty seconds. It has a rating of one point six five seven three two five. That is our combined score. And, and the, right. the consensus is that the film is a gross blockbuster that only Correct. enables and deepens the racial separation in this country by stereotyping, marginalizing, and brutalizing not only minorities and people Minority of color, groups. 
but, but also, also women. <laughs> women. And it's incredibly misogynistic and bigoted. And people are just objects. That's the main lesson here. Yes. But you right. get some amazing lines. But you any... get to hear, <laughs> it doesn't hit... rain, it pours. <laughs> <laughs> any hit picks or nitpicks to end the podcast with? That's the whole thing is a nitpick. The whole yeah. thing sucked. <laughs> Dude, like, the only reason it almost got a three was just because of bad shit that was good instead of the bad shit that was bad. So <laughs> I have one hit pick and one nitpick. Let's hear it. Yeah. My one hit pick is when Mirror Man and Sphinx are stealing the Hummer that has Snake as the license plate. <laughs> Mirror Man says Snake is going to have to slither his way all the way down to the bus stop in the morning. <laughs> so goddamn stupid. <laughs> I forgot I you like said that. that. that I like really that good. one. That was really all right, good. let's hear your nitpick. And then my nitpick is when Castlebeck enters the first crime scene at the very beginning of the movie. And he <laughs> says, impound all these cars for a month. I don't give a damn if they belong to Tom Cruise. And mm. what I thought was, this is basically them saying, damn, I wish we got Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably asked him. They probably asked him and he said no. That's amazing. All right. All right. But, I have all right. You want to wrap us up? Uh, Jamie, yeah. you have anything else to say? Well, I was going to say that we also forgot the entire plot line with the black light, but it doesn't matter. Oh, that doesn't matter. Uh, oh, it it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It, uh, did, it added nothing to, to the movie. Nothing. They only <laughs> so, had the black light for the mattress stains anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, this was a stain-inducing snooze fest. And, uh, <laughs> That's the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> this thing won two stinkers and was nominated for an extra. So, and that's just saying like that we don't know about the rest of the nominations. Of so, course. Of course. <laughs> with that being said, with all of this being taken into account, my hit pick – and I, I, I always usually like to do like – Negatives first and positives last, so we end on a high note, but I refuse with this movie. So um, <laughs> my my hit pick is that I honestly found Nick Cage to be incredibly funny in this movie. Oh, he, he made this movie way more enjoyable. For yes, sure. if it wasn't him, I don't know if this movie would be even watchable. But not for I, his good acting. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no, no, no. But, but because Nick Cage is so authentically Nick Cage in this movie, and he yes. doesn't, he seems to simultaneously know that he is Nick Cage, but he's also not. And forget at the same time. And forget <laughs> at the same time. See, Nick Cage is a paradox, and, and for me, this movie is a movie worth even mentioning at all because Nick Cage is in it. And I know I'm in the minority here saying that I love Nick Cage, but I do love Nick Cage. And <laughs> he I, definitely helped this movie. I will agree with that. Yes. So his performance was enjoyable. It wasn't good. I just, no. I just was able to not turn it off. And um, that's fine enough for me to call it a, a hit. So my knit is... Pretty much all of it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, everything else. Everything else. I, mean, I don't get. The, I don't know. Like, I don't understand why this was a reboot. Why it needed I don't. I don't. I don't know why they Americanized it if it wasn't about an American audience in the first place. I don't know why they made the small changes that they made because what's the difference between forty-eight cars and fifty cars? If I don't 50 know. Fifty sounds crazy. Because 50 is insane. It's half of 100. Are you kidding me? They rounded um, it up. Rounded it up to a safe 50. 
it, it is a blatantly disgusting film that truly <laughs> does not even know how disgusting it's being. It's just facilitating the worst behavior that we have as a society, and it normalizes it in such a weird fashion. And I think the thing that makes me most disgusted with it, and I use disgusted very intentionally, and I yeah. use it because it not only makes these racial jokes and these, you know, sexual comments on, you know, women, it doesn't just force them into a box. It makes it their life and it makes it okay for that to be their life. But it also makes it seem like she's not suffering, which sucks. And then the minority characters are not only criticized and galvanized, but they're also forced to act it out themselves. Yeah. Which yeah. is worse. Yeah. Which it's is not like a white guy actors. just talking shit about black people. Yeah, and it sucks or for those it's actual like, actors because they yeah. know that they're portraying this trope. Yeah, it's like stereotype. But they're trying to get jobs, so they take the. Job I would say. Anyway. Like, I would say that that isn't a nitpick. That's like just an actual flaw, flaw. of the entire yeah, movie. Yeah. Right, and I guess maybe I don't entirely understand what a nitpick would be if it's not. It's a like a small thing. It's, it's like a small thing. Oh, okay. So if we're going small, I would say I really, really hate the fact that. Uh, Khaleesi did fall through the ceiling into the coffin. And <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit on the nose, right? That was incredibly on the nose and also really fucking stupid. <laughs> All right, anything else? Closing words, everything? Everything good? Did you two give your nitpicks? And we said the whole movie was a nitpick, and I have any other hit picks other than it rains and pours and yeah. his, yeah. his yes. When he, had, <laughs> when he landed it, <laughs> yeah. I would say one more nitpick is the jazz hand fingers when they play. Yeah, yeah. I, I found that entire fingers. scene to be oh, thoroughly uh, very Nick Cage. That was very Nick Cage, Cage of him to do. Just everybody in there, even Robert Duvall being like, "Hey, shut the fuck up." Yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's, it's low rider. Man. It's low rider. Okay, get your fucking head around that. <laughs> so, other than that, I'm good. This was a right, cool. thoroughly. <laughs> entertaining experience <laughs> well thank you for coming on jamie thank that was, you thank I, you that was insane. very great it was very nice um so <laughs> we don't have a hidden section this week because i already said it for last week my choice because it is the four hour Zack snyder justice league cut yeah so, a four oh hour God. justice yeah, league yeah i'm making these two guys watch it and do it so if you the listener want to join with us uh, I think a lot of people have actually already seen it, but if you haven't, we're going to be doing that next week. And thank you again, Jamie, for coming. Thank you, on. Jamie. Thank you. It's Jamie. not just us that you're putting, a, like, making us go through this. You're making the audience go through this. As well. I want you <laughs> they to don't know. have to watch. I want you to know that you're not just punishing us for no reason, but you're punishing the viewers, truly <laughs> viewers of our podcast. You are a truly terrible show. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you again, Jamie. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to see you guys. I I, I love this opportunity. And also, I'm very kind of flattered and also totally mortified with my own self for being on the show and (laughs) making this episode not only four hours long, but also, uh, you know, making you guys watch this movie at all. (laughs) I promise you, I promise you that it will be better than four hours of the Snyder Cut. That's probably true. (laughs) That is true. And and Ruben is a weenie. (laughs) <laughs> all right luke roll us out <laughs> and that was tonight's watch goodbye goodbye and never rains it never rains it never rains